What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Whiskey Night Fight. This episode, Jeremy and I talk about work-life balance, which is something we're both pretty bad with a lot of the time, but also the dangers and risks and other things that are associated with with pursuing your dreams and working for yourself and uh, breaking away from the nine to five. It's something that it's something that both Jeremy and I are very passionate about. It's it's one of the reasons I wanted to create this podcast is to talk about these things that don't necessarily make sense talking about by ourselves on our channel, but as a discussion between two creators, it makes a lot more sense. And uh, it, it's fun talking with Jeremy about these sort of things and relating to somebody who, you know, most of the time when I talk about stuff like this with people in my life, they just don't quite understand. They don't get it. But, but it's always fun talking about something like this with somebody who can relate and sometimes even articulate ideas that I can't. So uh, this episode for me is very special and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this plenty in the future, but I really enjoy talking about things like this when it's not just the gear, but some of the stuff behind the scenes, stuff that most people don't get to see or hear about a lot. That's something that I just really enjoy talking about is, is pulling back the curtain and showing you guys the behind the scenes. But that's what this episode is about. So grab a drink, sit back and enjoy episode three of Whiskey Knife Fight. show you something really quickly because jelly this jelly. after after our live stream on friday which if, if you guys missed out we do these fun little live hangouts where we field more questions uh after that we we talked about a taint fan for a little bit <laughs> and then over in my discord server there's a an edc memes channel and I, I just have to show you what what somebody came up with i don't know if you're ready for this Oh God, is this going to get us demonetized? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody made this. Very nice. Taylor, you've got a much skinnier legs than I thought you would. (laughs) I wish my legs were skinnier. Uh, But yeah, this says, uh, we all know the reason for that smile. Taint fan, get yours today. Is that a chick's legs or is that a guy's legs? I feel like like those legs look awfully girly. If that's a guy's legs, I can't. I don't know, but somebody also put my head on the, um, the old art of manliness logo that's actually awesome i'm pretty sure those are what a gym what a gym if those aren't chicks legs that is definitely a slender dude that shapes his legs i saw no (laughs) hair dude i have the stockiest legs ever that's definitely your legs look like tree trunks i've seen them see that was that was my nickname in high school people call me tree trunks yeah they you look like groot from (laughs) uh (laughs) from guardians of the galaxy you got some thickens yeah uh or um the crudes, whatever the dad in the crudes is. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, w- what's what's on your wrist today? Hmm. Looks looks oh, a little right. different. No, this is this is my old standard, man. Well, not, is, it looks different from last week. What was last week? I don't remember what I wore. You last had the Oris on. Did I have the Oris on last week? You did. This week is the. Uh, let me see if I can block out my damn head. So, is the uh, good old Seiko Five? Even though Taylor hates Seikos. I okay now. I didn't say I hate <laughs> Seiko. I just said I wasn't the biggest Seiko fan. I think they have some fine stuff. I will probably have an, uh, a Sarb at some point. Uh, Good another, I had an Alpinist that I got rid of. But uh, on my wrist, something new this week. Woo. I still the say old, it's your best watch. I don't care what you say. The the old Oris. I got the, the new big crown pointer date. 
in Movember. It does have the mustache on the strap, which is a little weird. Is the, I thought that that was a mustache, and I was like, why yeah, is there? And I thought, on, no, that's just one of those little like filigree things that just happens to, uh, happens nope, to look a mustache like a mustache. On the top and bottom, because it's the Movember edition. Um, so I'm I'm currently waiting on another another leather strap. That, for that reminds thing. me of a, a meme I see every uh, Movember November for bearded guys. It says, "Oh, no shave November." You mean Amateur Beard Month? <laughs> <laughs> so so I finished up a video today. Speaking of that, I finished up a video today that I originally shot over a month ago. I think the day I shot it was July twenty first. And I just kept pushing back, finishing up the video because it was kind of like a vlog style. Uh-huh. And I've, I finished it up today, finished shooting it at least. And uh, I'm like, there's a giant continuity error with the size of my beard <laughs> between these two clips. <laughs> well, see, I've had that problem with tattoos before. Like, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll shoot something and get a new tattoo, and I'm like, oh, shit. I don't have a tattoo in that one that I now have, which creates a bit of a continuity error um, or uh, issue, but it happens, man. It happens. I think everybody knows that we don't always record all this shit all at one time. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, this one though, this is the longest I've gone between shots. I mean, a month, almost a month and a half. Well, um, five weeks. Yeah. That's probably pushing about the longest I've ever done. I usually I try to film stuff relatively close. I don't know that I ever necessarily finish shoot one part and then don't shoot another part for a long time. But I do have lots of stuff where I've shot it. I've got all the footage in the can and then I might not get around to putting it into a video for a month. So it's actually a month old footage, but there's no different times of footage. All the footage in the video was shot within the same day or two. Yeah, no, I, I ran into an issue where I had to stop filming one day and then I didn't film the next day because I went out there and I I was moving my trailer. I had to go do a lot of stuff and I was more focused on getting it moved and getting back and shooting a different video than I was documenting the boring parts of moving a trailer. So I've been getting a lot of flack for, for not doing any vlogs and stuff lately. I haven't really been doing a lot of like the just log, just vlog at home, you know, type stuff. And, um, I try to put those out there occasionally. I enjoy doing them and it's, it's fun and whatnot, but man, since the whole COVID thing, I just, I haven't been doing anything. I've been working all the time. I just, I work and I stay at home. So it's like when it wasn't this whole pandemic and I was going and doing things, you can find little fun things to vlog, but what am I going to vlog? Like me editing for eight hours? (laughs) Like that's not going to be a very good, that's not going to be a very good vlog. So no, I I um, totally feel with like, in, can relate there but i'm i'm trying to do more stuff where like i work on my trailer uh which is that's all kind of coming together i have nowhere to do it right now that's part of my problem but yeah uh the let's go with the knife situation i'm gonna take us oh. just a guess is it different it's different today oh is it the one you showed me earlier nope oh 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 nice little copper microtech or is it brass co- it's copper. a copper little copper. This actually was a knife. I bought myself, uh, when I hit a hundred thousand subscribers. Nice. This was the most expensive knife I had bought at the time. I think I've bought more expensive since then. Maybe not. This still might be my most expensive. knife. I think it is. I mean, you don't have very many super expensive. No, knives. I don't. I usually stick at that, like under like 200 and less price point generally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when I hit uh, 100,000 subscribers, uh, this was my gift to myself as a congratulation. It was a good old Microtech. And, you know, 
you can't go wrong with an ultra tech man you yeah. i mean it's just i mean it will irritate the shit out of people because i mean your wife will hate you right oh but yeah for sure th- they are fun i don't carry it as often as i probably should but i do enjoy it when i do carry it oh i have a, a new to me knife today and it is the pena mula pena which stands pena. for mule in spanish and I, I think not stands for it means mule in spanish and i think it's just meant to be kind of a, a workhorse knife i love 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 the way it looks so dude there would be was, no there will be no pena ever that pisses me off as bad as the one you used to rub in my face on a regular basis i trapper should i go get it dude i loved that knife so much <laughs> i don't know what it was about that knife that knife just spoke to me on many levels it you gave, and many more people dude it's such a cool knife i love that knife um and and it i don't know it was just one of those knives that struck a chord i, I don't even know what it was about it did you see it's the one something. he has coming out uh no i don't really keep up with him a ton um well there's not, part of nothing problem. against pena I th- he makes some great stuff but i just um i don't keep up with knives the way that i should honestly i've been so busy lately which we'll get into that because well that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight but i've just been slammed See, yes, here's good the look- apache see he makes good looking stuff man yes he does he just makes good look man, my nose is itching Bitching about it before we started this, and it's still driving me nuts. Um, that top one's my dude. That top one or the third one? Either one yeah. of those. My Carta, my, for sure. I, I just, the Apache, I, I'm uh, I'm hoping I can get my hands on one, but, man, the drop's always just, they're gone. Well, uh, that's then, what pissed me off about that knife, right? I loved it so much, but his knives were, like, impossible to get. And then, finally, what's in your glass? Because I got something new that I didn't tell you about. Well, actually... I what's told my myself glass, I was. What's in my glass right now? I don't have the bottle of it. I have some. My warm up whiskey for tonight is 1910, Old Forester 1910. That's what's currently in the glass. But what I brought over to the table to drink during the podcast is a little uh, Knob Creek 15. Nice, nice. I got something this week that I didn't tell you about. And uh, I didn't Oh, ask you got you. something? Yeah, I said last week, I think, that I was going to stop buying whiskeys for for the show just because i got i got like six bottles in three weeks and i'm I'm gonna stop buying cigars and whiskey and knives and well you need to buy some knives and i'm gonna also i'm gonna stop buying things that patina oh yeah good luck with that Uh, (laughs) do you want to guess what i got for everybody you want to guess what i picked up? okay at least give me a hint is it scotch or bourbon it's a bourbon is a bourbon you're not gonna guess it I was going to say, but I, I, earlier, I was going to say Old Forester 1910 because we had talked about that earlier, but that's not it. I'm going to say, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, Is I it, did oh, wait, tell double you. Oaked, double Oaked. You're out of yeah. Double Oaked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, I was Woodford, like, wait, he's out of Double Oaked. He's out of early, uh, Double Oaked. Yeah, yeah, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. Uh, I ran out earlier this week, and I had to go get some more. I mean, it's nice. just so good. Nice. Nice. Good nice, old nice. maple syrup. Nice, 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 nice. Um, I will say real quick something in the comments, and this is not answering a comment because I know we're not doing that, but your lovely, lovely partner brought this up. And I just think this is something we should mention in the beginning of every podcast for a little while. We're not ignoring the comments, but just to kind of keep the continuity and keep us on on task, so to speak, uh, we're not fielding comments until the comment section at the end we may see them and we appreciate you guys talk amongst yourselves but ah, oh, nice 
got to say America. Um, but if we do not respond to your comments during the first part of the podcast, do not think we're being rude or dismissive. Um, we're just, I'm not, but Jeremy is, <laughs> but we, that's why we do the Friday night, uh, hangouts yeah. because you know, we'll do a little quick Q and a section at the end of every podcast, but the Friday night hangouts are for handling that the entire time. So just so people think, cause your, Correct. your lovely partner had brought that up. So I just wanted to bring it to everybody's attention. Yeah, everything's shaky over here. I've got this shaky mic mount. If I lean forward on my desk, the whole desk shakes. You know, shakes the camera. I've got such set a rickety whole, setup. I set up a whole rig the other day based on uh, a, a guy that I watch on YouTube a lot who I, I, I really, um, I've, I've learned a lot of stuff from him, right? You ever watch DSLR video shooter? No. Uh, he's good, man. He's very knowledgeable about lighting, about camera equipment. He has a lot of camera reviews, a lot of lighting reviews, a lot of these things. He's a good dude. Um, and he talked about making like a desk rig, right? So he actually did this cool thing where he used a computer monitor, like a, um, a clamp on computer monitor arm. Yeah. And then he just bolted all kinds of arms and shit to it. So you could have a dedicated desk setup for filming at a desk. So like he had a camera on there, he had a light, he had his microphone on a boom arm, like everything was attached to this monitor arm right at the desk. So then you could just basically sit down. Everything was articulating so you could move it around to get the angle and stuff you needed and make it easy to shoot. So I set all that up because I actually had all the pieces around. Right. So I set it all up and then I sat down and I put my arms on the desk and the camera was like, <laughs> I was like, damn it. It shook the whole camera all the time. So I couldn't, I think he probably had like a big, heavy, like normal desk he had his at. So like when he hit it, it didn't move. Mine's a standing desk though. So like it has a little bit of movement to it. Right. So every this is time a I, standing desk. I'm just sitting. So it, it, it does. It flexes forward. So if right. I just put a little weight on it, the whole thing shakes. Right. And see, yeah. and I think his desk was a standard desk Poor leg right desk right so it didn't move when he was filming at it but when i did it on my standing desk it just i just thought it was great because my standing desk is on wheels so i thought oh well, if i need to change my angle everything's on the desk all i gotta do is just move the whole damn desk and the microphone at the light that everything just moves with it you know which would make it super easy but um i should yeah. i should build one on on like a almost like this little cart that i have for my whiskey here but obviously bigger like one of these carts i use to move stuff in and out of the office. Right. I've got a big metal one that I have over here. I have a monitor on it and a bunch of other gear. And I just push that around when I'm making a video, but having one with, with gear attached to it could be pretty neat. I dude, uh, the other one I set up was based on a video him and Josh Yo did. And they, they did it on a big, uh, rolling, uh, light stand, like one of the heavy duty yeah, C yeah. stand. And that's what I'm filming on now, dude. And I love this thing cause it's on wheels and it's got a, um, one of those, uh, what, are the, what did we talk about it earlier? What's that thing called? A magic Astros? arm? A magic oh, arm? Oh, friction arm. Yeah, but what's the one called? The big one? Oh, I don't know. I don't have the nice one. But it's the big one for Manfrotto, and then there's uh, several arms. One has my audio recorder. One has a big monitor on it. My light's on a boom arm. My mic's on a boom arm, so you can just enroll the thing around. It's really, it's really see, nice. You can't really see it well, but I've got one tripod there and one there. And one and at the house. That has an arm that goes all the way. What was that yeah. long damn thing? Oh, this, that's this. this oh, is that the- my, my mic stand. So the the counterweight on this thing is about eight feet from me right now. I'm not even I remember, joking. I it's- remember when you bought that, dude. It was like hilarious because you were like you were showing me how long it was, and you literally had that thing like down the hallway. And you're like, look yeah. how long this thing is. So this mic, I ordered it because it looked like a heavy duty mic stand, and it is. But because it was like 
50 pounds or something, the, pa- the shipping weight. Um, but what I didn't realize when I bought it is that it extends to like, I think 11 feet tall and it has, uh, I think 11 to 12 foot range on the cross arm here. And it's fully articulating in all directions and it's on wheels. This thing is amazing, but it's also huge and heavy, but it is. Uh, it's, it's funny. We talk about this though, because it's, this is this is where we are now, and uh, this is not where we were even just a year or two years ago. We, we've we come a long way and have a lot of crazy gear and stuff, and uh, I, I asked for what we should talk about over on Instagram last night, and someone said uh, kind of the, the difficulty of just going out on your own and, and fulfilling your dreams and working for yourself and stuff, and uh, I thought that resonates really well with me. It's one of the th- reasons I enjoy doing podcasts like this because we can get into these crazy weird obscure topics that i that are never going to make sense on my channel probably make a little sense on your channel but um uh, it's something i'm very passionate about and I, I really wanted to talk about it so i hit up jeremy and he was like oh i'm the worst person ever to talk to about this <laughs> well there's a couple of them i was like no yeah, one oh, of yeah. them was w- work-life balance i'm like oh god dude i am the exactly. world's worst i am not giving anybody advice with that because i work way too much <laughs> i mean what we talked I've, the other day i think i took two days off in the last 65 days so yeah, i can't I i'm can't not agree. a good work-life balance kind of person advice wise uh alex can attest to this more than anybody uh, probably my family as well, but for the last eight years, we've been together for going on six, but um, for the last eight years, it's been just work. That's been my life is, is work. I wake up, I work, I go to bed, you know, and and it's changed a lot in the last year because I, I now have a child, but uh, man, it's just been work all the time. I've always sucked at work-life balance, and the one thing that I made sure I did is when Eleanor was born, I made sure to try and leave the office at the same time, roughly every, Oh, sorry. Going on seven. I'm, I, I figured she was going to call me out on that, but I wasn't going to go back and correct myself. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting to, I was like, yeah. you better hope you're right on that date. bitch. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been seven. Sorry. All right. Going on. It is six. I was technically correct. Right. No, I was wrong. Anyway, uh, I, I made it a point to, leave the office around the same time every day, see Eleanor before she goes to bed. And a lot of the time I end up coming back to work, but the other big thing that I I set myself to, and I've really not wavered on much since she was born is not working weekends. It was, (laughs) it was tough. It was really tough to, to walk away and not work weekends. Cause I used to work every single Saturday, most Sundays for almost a decade. So that's, that's, um, one of the things that I'm really working on instituting that I have not been able to do because I, I kind of, uh, overbooked myself over the last couple months to where I haven't been able to, but going forward with my schedule, I have removed some slots so that yeah. I can start giving myself at least a day, preferably two days a week, completely off because you did, I think you need it, man. It's not good for yeah, you. Two things. You're going to burn out. You're going to burn you're, out. You're going to burn out so fast. Right. And then you're going to hate what you're doing, which is right. the complete opposite of the reason you're doing this. Right. right. Like I've burned out multiple times since I started creating content. I mean, right. I, I used to work in tech and I, I explained, I think on the live that we done on Friday that I, I used to do 10 pieces of content every week. And 
that was down from the previous company. The one before that, I was doing three to four editorials a day. So I was doing editorials based on the news in tech every single day. I was doing mm-hmm. three to four thousand word editorials every single day. So I worked for that company for two, three years, and I had thousands That's of so articles. Much. And so much. Yeah, and then when I was doing videos for Pocket Now, I was doing several videos a week, like five, six. I, I think the highest I hit was seven or eight videos in one week. Yeah, I can't even, I don't even know how I did it. I do not know. I mean, I, I know that it. I didn't spend nearly as much time editing, and I, I, I don't know. I was a productivity machine, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't do it today. I struggle to get two videos out every week now. Yeah, but. I struggle. Two, having two channels has really screwed me up a little bit because not everybody follows me on both channels for some reason. I mean, I, I, I guess I know why. I guess some people aren't interested in the cigar side of things, so they don't watch that. My second channel is mostly cigar-related stuff. But the problem is because they don't follow me on both channels, I'll upload to one channel, and then I'll upload to the other channel so then it's like a week and a half or two weeks before I get back around to uploading to the other channel. And they're like, man, you haven't uploaded anything in like two weeks. What the hell have you been doing? I'm like, well, I actually did upload. It was just on the other channel. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's having two channels can, can make it a little more difficult. I feel like, cause I, I would like to upload two a week, one to each channel every week, but it just doesn't always work out for me. Unfortunately, it's usually, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, zeroing in on a really good pace and it sounds really stupid and counterintuitive, but this podcast is helping me get more done. Uh, yeah, that is stupid. I, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> this is more work. Was, I think I was talking to, to Chad, I think, the other day. Uh, big idea. Um, and I was joking around, and I was like, yeah, you know, I haven't taken eight days off in like a, like a month and a half, and I've been overbooked lately, and I've been really kind of booking more things than I physically have time to accomplish. And I'm like, so then what do I decide to do? Start a podcast with Taylor, because that's a great idea. You don't have enough free time to so start another project. Great idea. <laughs> no, no, a great idea. But this is like a passion project thing, man. It's yeah, just for fun, right? Just, it's, it's, it's not meant to be. Right. It's one of those working. things. It's one of those things that we have to do as creators to enjoy ourselves again. Right. Mm-hmm. This is, there's no pressure with this. There's not a lot of back end. There's not a lot of editing. It's just fun. And just get on here and shoot the shit. I mean, we Have talk all time. the time anyway. We, we might as well just broadcast our ridiculous conversations to the <laughs> internet because why not? We um, do talk a little less now because of this, though. Well, we don't talk less. We talk plenty because we talk about the podcast and what we're doing. But, but it used to be a lot of these conversations, and now we'll be having a conversation. We'll be like, we should save this for the podcast. Let's not talk about this. Let's save true. it for the podcast. <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, true. you know, we might as well have it on here, right? Yeah, but it's one of those... Um, it's it's one of those necessity things, right? So when you are so busy, you you can't afford to not be working. That's why it's 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 kind of counterintuitive. But like when I don't have anything to do, uh-huh. I, I don't do anything, <laughs> right? Like I I just kind of get lazy, and I've done right. that a few weeks in the past two months. I've not had anything like pertinent like i i do have things that i can be working on but nothing that's pressing no hard deadlines and i'm just like i got this i'm okay i can i can take a day and just focus on discord and community stuff and work on back end things and i waste a whole day not doing any of that stuff 
But when I know that I have to be back here for this podcast at a certain time and everybody's waiting for it at a certain time, I get everything done earlier in the day, go home, I come back and I'm ready. And it just, it gives me a certain rigidity to my schedule and it started to bleed over into other days. I'm like, well, Wednesday is booked up. That means Tuesday, I have to have this done. I have to get this done by this time on this day. You know, it, like it, it's it's just one of those necessity things where you have so much in your schedule, you you don't have any options to not get stuff done faster. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's I, one we of the were, reasons that I, I, I'm not saying I don't have enough to do because I definitely do. Like uh, no, for sure. But it's it's one of those. I was in that situation where I was like, I need something that is is just rigid every single week, always at the same time, no no matter what. Well, you know, it's so. funny. One, can I say this damn 1910? Dude, you got to get some 1910. They don't have it anywhere. Oh, oh actually, uh, I oh. learned last night that there is an ABC store in Albemarle, which is Dude. 20, 30 minutes from here, and apparently they have a really good selection. This 1910, if you like 1920, I think you'll really like night. It's a little lower proof. It's a little darker. It's a double-barreled product, so it's it's one of those things where they age it and then they take it out of that barrel. They, I think, alligator char a barrel, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe this isn't this one that they alligator char. I don't remember. They char a second barrel and it's rebarreled in a, in, in a second barreling for a little while, and it's dark and it's lovely, and man, it's good stuff. God damn, it's what the good. hell God is damn. alligator God char? Damn. Alligator char is, I think, one of the highest levels of char. Right, like when they char a barrel for bourbon. And maybe for scotch too. Scotch uses used barrel, so um, there are different levels of char, right? So there's like one through four, I believe, and I think it even goes higher than that. And I think the highest one's alligator. It's like about as far as they can char it before the barrel just basically falls the fuck apart, right? Like it looks like alligator scales. It's so charred and cracked and, and messed up. Um, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure this is the one. I think this is the one they alligator char. I think I'm pretty sure. And it's interesting because the whole 1910 thing comes from back in 1910. There was an issue. They had a bunch of bourbon pulled out of the barrels in the big vat. They put it in to bottle it. And then there was, a, I think, a fire or something happened at the distillery or something happened. And then the, the, they couldn't get it bottled, so they didn't want the whiskey to ruin. So then they had to rebarrel it and came up with something like this. So this is like an homage to that. So they, they redid it a second time as kind of a, um, an homage to back in 1910 when that occurred. Well, anyway. I think what I'm going to do, not for next week, probably not for the one after that, but maybe like October or something, I'll head down to South Carolina and, and expect to spend a few hundred dollars and, and pick up some good bottles. Go check out the selection, FaceTime you, and just hit up that store and come home like a bandit dude, with my mask and everything. This should for sure be one of them, dude. 1910. And some people like to blend 1910 and 1920. They call it 1915. <laughs> See what they did there? <laughs> so clever. So clever. Um, but some people like to blend the 1910 and 1920 together. Um, I think they're delicious by themselves. So I just, just drink them separately. Well, but, I think uh, this one is it's definitely up there with one of my favorites. It's easy well, to find. It tastes good. It's not super expensive. And that's why I'm saying if you like that, I think you'll like this. Okay, they're both the same people, right? Okay, let me, Old Forrester and Woodford are not the same people, but they're owned by the same parent company, Brown Foreman, right? So they're both Brown Foreman products, and they're both double-barreled products. So if you like one, I think that you'll like the other. 
Oh, it uh, won't be the, the maple syrup bomb that this one is. No, it's it's not as maple syrupy. This one's like darker. There's like little hints of like chocolate, tobacco. I even get like a little bit of tobacco and leather in this one sometimes. But like there's also a very deep sweetness to it. Um, so don't think of like bitter, harsh flavors. But <clears throat> this is a much darker flavor than than it is in, in Double Oak. But anyway, where I was going with that, <clears throat> and I went off the rails because I do, is it's funny you were talking about how rigidity and schedules and deadlines help you. And it's funny because, you know, we're talking about work-life balance and, you know, all that stuff. And we were talking about the other day, I'm the opposite. When I get overbooked and I have too many deadlines staring me in the face, it shuts me down a little bit. Like, I feel like, and not to sound like an over artistic, bougie, you know, oh, I'm an artiste, whatever. Well, twist your mustache as you say this and it will completely... Like, like nobody like will think that. Yeah, right. You have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually thinking the other day I need to trim my mustache a little bit. It's starting to get like it's longer than my chin by quite a bit. Wow. So I feel like the Yosemite Sam's getting a little ridiculous. I'm not going to cut it, but I feel like I should maybe just trim the tips off a little bit. I feel like I'm thinking about long. shaving. Oh geez, dude, you've done that several times. Don't you look like you're like four when you shave? <laughs> That's true. But, I do. <laughs> but um, but anyway, yeah, I feel the opposite <laughs> that you do. I, I mean, I like yeah. some. I agree that scheduling and rigidity kind of helps you to a certain extent. But when I overextend myself and I book myself too full to where I get, I feel like a certain level of stress motivates me. But then there's a breaking point where the stress stops being motivating and starts being restrictive because my creative curtains kind of come down and I'm just like, Ugh. and then I feel just kind of creatively drained and I'm I, just like, ah, oh, fuck it. I think it was because my teeth were cut under pressure. Right. Right. Like I, I would wake up and, and work from the time I woke up till I went to bed and there was a deadline every single day for right. years, like six, seven years. It was just constant deadlines every day that I was having to meet. It wasn't like oh, I've got this big deadline that I have to meet by Friday and it's Monday. It was, it's Monday and I have a deadline for Monday. It's Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I have a deadline for Tuesday every day. And uh, See, that kind of shit kind of wears on me though. That's what I'm saying. Like a certain amount, like knowing I have a couple projects in a month that have deadlines and I have to get them done, keeps me motivated, keeps me on task. But when I start getting to where I have deadlines every single week that I have to meet to where like if I miss one by a couple days, it sets my whole month back it starts to kind of wear on me in the opposite, but it's funny. It's just one of those things that you kind of have to figure out what works best for you. Right. Some people love pressure. Some people just thrive under pressure and the pressure makes them create more and do better. Other people, it is like me and it kind of drops a curtain down and you're kind of cut off. I'm kind of in the middle, right? Like I like a little bit, but too much. And I get a little like, eh, um, but you know, it's the work life balance things important too. Right? Like I think, having, especially if you have a creative job of some nature, and I don't mean you're an artist or you're writing novels, but anything that has a creative aspect to it, right? That could be an editor. That could be somebody that does videos, a musician. uh, I mean, a hundred different things that maybe isn't, you know, creating something like a symphony, but has a creative aspect to it. I think living life and having some free time and some life experiences feeds that. Right. And when all you do is work all the time, there's no fuel for that and you get a little burnout. Yeah. So for me, uh, well, and and what I was doing was very analytical reviews and there was there was very little creativity to what I was doing other than the shots with the camera. And most of those shots were just the same one over and over with a new product in it. Right. So Mm -hmm. there there wasn't a ton of creativity 
there was this creation and I that wore me more than than anything was the the no creativity and just pumping out stuff. And that's kind of where I am right now with my channel. I'm not doing anything super creative other than coming up with different ideas and it it has a lot to do with the current situation with the office and being hot and I don't do any B-roll anymore because I'm literally drenched. Uh, but for instance, Monday was the last day of August, the last day of the month for most YouTubers and creators, especially ones who work with brands, is always hectic. Always. Oh, it's hard. The last week is ridiculous. I try not to schedule anything else for the last week of the month because I'm always like chasing my fucking tail going, oh, I missed this deadline. I've got to make up for this or do something. The last week is usually rough every month. So I, well, just to give a little story of what happened and, and just kind of what, what's going on here. You guys know my, my air conditioning situation at the office has been pretty bad. I was going to come in and work on Sunday because I had to get a video done for Monday for a brand deal. And I woke up and I, I check the, the air conditioning or the, the temperature in the office when I wake up a lot of times, especially when I'm going to come in, just to keep an eye on it. If something goes hay- haywire, I'd, I'd like to know in advance. Mm-hmm. And I woke up. And it said the air conditioner was off and it was like 92 in here. <laughs> you text me. I was like, oh, no, uh, I'm like, dude. Uh, what? Oh, no. So I came to the office immediately and it was throwing an error code on the screen. And I looked it up and it said coolant leak leak. And I'm like, oh, great. That's not like water is full or change the filter. It's a <laughs> leak. I cannot fix this on my own. So I immediately just started looking for new air conditioners. And I spent most of Sunday looking for air conditioners. Lowe's didn't have any, Home Depot, Sears, Best Buy. Nobody had any portable air conditioners. Zero. Within 200 miles of my house. Brutal. So uh, Alex actually was looking on Facebook Marketplace for me and found a used one of not quite as good as the other one I had. And I came in and installed it and uh, hooked everything up turned it on and left and when I like while it was running and I was here it took the temperature from 96 down to like 88 and I'm like good we're headed in the right direction great I'll just somehow make it work on Monday I'll just come get everything done I'll let the office cool off overnight so I go home I take a shower because I've been just drenched while I was getting that thing in here and uh get out of the shower and I check the temperature again and it's 94 uh-oh <laughs> I told you, man, I can't work at those temperatures. I see my AC broke. Remember back about a week or so ago when my upstairs AC went out and where my office's stuff is at? I can't, you can't work in 90 some degrees, bro. You've got to get that resolved. Like you can't, your freaking computer will overheat. Like right. trying to keep your computer cool while you're editing in 94 degree is just, it doesn't work. Man. The computer, the cameras, everything overheats. Me, overheats. Um, <laughs> yeah. But it's no I, good. I turn around and came back. And the vent hose, which I had duct taped on. I had just, I was like, I don't want this thing to fall off. I attached as good as I could. It fell off because the, the air conditioner got so hot. So, uh. so I taped the shit out of it again and left. And when I came back the next day, it was 80, which is still hot. But 80 is a lot better than 96. You know, 80s warm, 80s not comfortable, but 80s tolerable. It's 90 in 90s isn't because that's how hot it got upstairs at my house. And that yeah. couple of days, my AC went out and I had to get it fixed. And like, I wouldn't even come up here because within five minutes, you were just literally sweating through your shirts. Right. I couldn't edit up here. My laptop, the fan was running full speed, trying to keep it cool. The that's whole time. why it's ridiculous. I, that's why I wear black all of the time now, because if I wear a light colored shirt, 
Like you just see sweat rings because I'm sweating most of the time when I'm sitting here. Like if mm-hmm. I make a video, I'm always wearing black. Uh, but you can't see the sweat, man. But it's it's eighty let, in here right can't now. Can't let people see you sweat, bro. You can't let them see you sweat. I know. <laughs> it's uh, it's eighty in here right now, but I, it, eighty is tolerable if I've got this little fan pointing on me. Just a little bit of air moving across the skin, I'm fine. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's just hashtag tank fan. Yeah, uh, but a little bit, a little bit of a little bit of air moving across your tank, you're just fine. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> But the, the taint is the radiator to the body. <laughs> if your taint is hot, your whole chassis is hot. You got to keep the taint cooled off. That's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> but, but going back to the necessity thing, like I had a hard deadline on Monday, and I, I normally take about two days to make a video now, just because I'm trying to be very, you know, calculated with all of my decisions. And dude, I came in at. I think about nine in the morning and just hammered it out. I had everything done, all the sponsored posts. I had everything squared away by like two thirty, and uh, then the brand didn't get back to me until the next day. I was a little miffed, just a little bit pissed. Well, that's the other thing that I don't think. <laughs> and you know, maybe we should explain. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second, right? So I'm sure a lot of people are watching this going. What in the hell are these guys talking about? They work for themselves. What in the hell could be the possible problem here? It's not a problem. Okay, let me just say this. No matter how much stress and how overworked I get or how many hours I work a week, there's the saying, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life or an hour in your life or however that saying goes. It's and that's total true. bullshit. No, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's not. Okay. It's true in one aspect, okay? If you want to work 100 hours a week, or if you're mad because you work at a job and you're working 50, 60 hours a week and you think working for yourself is going to help you not work that much, you're very wrong. You will work more working for yourself than you ever work working for somebody else by far because you got to hustle to make that money, right? Like nobody's handing you, you don't have a paycheck coming. There's no time clock. It's not guaranteed. You don't have a paycheck coming. If you want to make money and you want to provide for your family, you got to hustle. So you definitely work way more when you work for yourself. And that's not just true of like YouTubing. That's, that's no, that's just working for yourself. Right. That's that's, I've done other things in the past and it was the same thing. Working for yourself in general, you work far more. However, I think where the saying comes from, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. Even though I worked, like I said, almost two months with only two days off, I would still much rather be doing this any day of the week over what I used to do when I was punching a time clock working for somebody else. Dude, I hated I was more, it. I was more miserable uh, working a 40, 45-hour week working for somebody else than I am working a 100-hour week for myself, yep. right? Like It's still yeah, much more time. fulfilling. It's way better. Yeah. But to think that working for yourself is not more work would be an inaccurate statement because I think working for yourself is more work. It is absolutely more work. And the reason I say that it's bullshit that you'll never work a day in your life if you do what you love, um, mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because while I do what I love, there are many aspects to doing what I love that I do not love. Like, I love sure. creating content. Right. I would say 90% of the time I hate editing. So, I hate and that's the, the rough edit. I hate the rough edit. Well, I hate, I, I think because, I hate editing right now because everything is a little formulaic for me. Right. 
Like, I'm not out shooting the B-roll. I'm not traveling and having fun. I'm not doing anything creative. I'm just showing people things, and it's just, it's a very linear path from start to finish, and I, I want to be more creative with what I'm doing, and I've got some hurdles. I'm not making excuses. It's just the situation I have right now. It's the hand I've been dealt, and I'm trying to figure it out, and it's not one of those things that you can just figure out overnight. Like, if I want a new office, I'm looking at paying four times what I pay right now. And that's for a small space. So well, dude, that's why I still shoot out of my house and I, I have the whole, right. And I don't every have time option. I, I am jealous of having an office that I can set up. We've talked about this before where I can set up sets and just leave them set up. So when I want to record, I can just sit down and record and not have to move crap around. But I do. I'm not jealous of the money. <laughs> like I'm well, not jealous. of having to shell out that money every month. Like my overhead is, other than equipment, but like my right. space overhead is zero. And I, I don't have that option because I got kicked out of my home office when we were pregnant with Eleanor. Right. And then right. we have a little space at home that I could technically work, but now there's baby number two on the way. So that's Ooh. not going to work. So um, I'm in Congrats a, on that again. Yeah, we, thanks. We said this before, but every time you mention it, I have to say congratulations. Cause it, kids are great, man. I love kids. I got three and I love them all. They'll they'll drive me to like want to strangle them sometimes, but I mean I wouldn't give it up for the world. But I, I'm I'm just trying to find my way, you know, to to the next point, whichever that is, and that's going to be another inflection point. I, I mean, this whole path has been just kind of crazy, and that's originally what we were going to talk about tonight is is working for yourself and and pursuing that dream. Um, and I, and I actually want to start with a question for you. I mean, start where. 41 minutes into it, <laughs> but I want to ask you a question to start that conversation. And, and that's what, what made you want to do this? Um, I didn't like working for somebody else. I didn't like punching a time card. I didn't like working 50, 55 hours a week, making a paycheck, but feeling completely and again, I'm going a little woo-woo, but feeling completely unfulfilled with the situation, right? Yeah. Other than the fact it was paying the bills, I was providing for my family. So from a most basic standpoint, I was doing what I felt like I should be doing as a man, and that's providing for my family and doing those things. So other than fulfilling that, which is fulfilling to a certain extent in its own, I didn't feel good about it. I, I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy what I did every day. And it felt like a grind. And I don't mean the grind like we do now, like you got to grind to make that money. I mean, like a boring a slog. Just, yeah. Just like, uh, just like you get one life, man, you get one shot at this shit and then it's gone. Do you really want to, and most people work till they're 55, 60, you know, do you want to spend 50? Well, you don't work for all 50 years. Cause that mean you started working at 10, but do you want to spend 30 or 40 years of your short lifespan doing something you hate doing 50 hours a week? I don't, you know right. what I mean? I, I wanted to do something that I enjoyed and fulfilled me on another level other than just sustaining my income so I could have a home. Yeah. Um, I, a lot of mine came from the same exact place. Like I never intended to do content creation. I was working retail and was offered a job in content mm-hmm. creation. And I, I didn't even know that was a, a thing <laughs> at the time. I'm just right? like, Oh, that's cool. I guess. And God damn, dude, this knob Creek cork. I'm sorry to interrupt, but Jesus Christ. This cork. Oh, God. see, it was so weak too. It's just like, boop. But I mean that fucking thing. Good Lord. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I apologize. I totally cut you off. 
but I, I never intended to do content creation and it was very fun, but I learned, you know, about a year or two into it that I was being very, I, I was being taken advantage of. Right. And, right. and once that clicked for me, all I wanted to do was work for myself. And what I, what I mean by being taken advantage of is I got insight into what sort of money the company was making and what <laughs> they would make for the work I was doing. And I was aware right. of my cut and You're we're like, this is bullshit. Yeah. We're talking about <laughs> like a deal that I would do. Like a company would come to us and say, Hey, we want to sponsor this. And at the time the rate for that was like, six seven thousand dollars and they're like thanks for doing this for us uh we'll pay an extra 50 bucks for that and you're like and i I know how much you just made bitch what do you mean 50 bucks right but before (laughs) i ever found out how much that was i'm like oh another 50 bucks sweet cool right and then once i found out what that deal was i'm like 50 like (laughs) like almost insulted you're like this is bullshit the deal wouldn't have happened I mean, you guys aren't even spitting on it. You're just sticking it in there dry. This is bullshit. Yeah, they, like <laughs> without me, the deal wouldn't have happened. And when that clicked for me, I'm just like, this is, I mean, the money's good. I enjoy what I do. And, and I have to have a piece of that without the overhead of running a massive company like this. Uh, things have changed since then. Like I would like to have, honestly, uh, several employees and have a real company and and that's another conversation for another time but i also that's an interesting point we should touch on me and you me and you very much differ on that yeah but the the big thing for me was also when we had just for an example we were doing phone reviews and i was the new guy obviously so i got i had my moments i had my moments of eating shit right so you got to, man. Yeah. You got to eat, eat shit in the beginning. That's the way it goes. And I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm totally fine eating shit as the new guy and just getting, you know, the devices that nobody else wanted to review, but it went on for like three, four years and I don't hold anything against any of my colleagues. It was just the way that everything kind of came together. Uh, I always was just kind of handed whatever because I was fast and efficient and it it didn't always work out the way I wanted. And I hated that. I mean, there were just devices that I would have to review. And I'm like, I hate every single second <laughs> of doing this. Um, and I eventually just got fed up with it. And I tried my best to get out of tech because I, I they ran me into the ground. And yeah, well, I just, and, I knew I wanted to know, do it myself. And it's interesting. Uh, and I wanted to touch on this since, Hold on. Actually, let me just do this real quick, too, because I'm about to pull the band off, and I never did mention what I'm smoking tonight, and I'm sure people are probably wondering. I'm about to pull the band off, so that's what I'm smoking. A little Alec Bradley Prinsado, I think is what it's called. It's a little box breast Maduro. Um, I'm about to pull the band off, so I just wanted to show you that real quick in case anybody was wondering. Um, but, you know, the funny thing about that is, and this goes into something that I actually ran into this past week, right? So you're, you're talking about, oh shit, I just moved my whole laptop. Um, you're talking about, you know, reviewing products you hated, right? And that's part of the reason you probably wanted to work for yourself, right? Because you want to review the things you want to review. You don't want somebody telling you what you got to review, which is an interesting aspect of what we do. Right. Okay. I had a, uh, and what brought this up is I had a hater, negative Nancy, 
you tried to pull it off like he wasn't being it was me no no (laughs) i always like it when people say some hateful shit and then when you call when you call them out on it they're like oh well i'm a fan but you know now you can just kiss it i'm like well if you're a fan you wouldn't be calling me a hipster douchebag like (laughs) you know what i'm saying like most some people that like me don't say that kind of shit so go fuck yourself but anyway um you know people i think sometimes get a little weird about sponsored spots on ads and, uh, and videos and stuff. And they're like, Oh, you sell out, you're you know doing this. Or if, if you give a product a, a good review, they're like, Oh, that's just cause they're paying you or blah, 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 blah. And while that is definitely a thing on YouTube. Okay. There are for sure people out there. It's pay to play, right? Like they'll review anything for a price and I'm sure they're out there. I don't personally know any YouTubers like that. All the people that I know that are in my circle of friends that I know on YouTube, they, the sponsors they take are sponsors that they enjoy working with because either they use the product themselves or they think it's something that is a good product for their, their, their base, the people I've turned down so many offers because either I didn't like it or it was a hunk of shit. Yep. Right. And that's the part where, you know, before you were having to do stuff you didn't want to do. And that's the great thing about working for yourself is somebody contacts me and they say, Hey, do you want to review this? I go, no, I I, no." They're like, well, yeah, but you know, we're paying, we have a campaign going, this is the price for this. And I'm like, well, that's great. But I I don't, I don't want to, Well, the (laughs) the icing on you can just say no, the icing on the cake for that is usually they're, they're, you know, offering, you know, a 10th of what your normal rate would be anyway. And they're trying to use that as like a, some sort of like plus or advantage of, you know, right. accepting the deal. And, and yeah, I've done the same thing. Uh, I, I will not accept a sponsored post by something of, that I, I won't stand behind. Um, no, or if it doesn't nothing. make sense for the channel, like there was one that was sent to me and it was, uh, not getting too specific. It was a breakfast food and it was quite expensive and it tasted like cardboard. Yeah. And I'm like, this, nope, this is not going to happen. <laughs> not at all. So, so this, so it sounds like this has happened to you too. This has happened to me is pr- somebody sent me a product. They asked me and I said, okay, sure. Sounds good. I will never agree to doing a video though. I'll always say, send it to me. And if it's good, I'll use it. If I like it, then maybe I'll make a video, but I never make any promises. Right. right. Because and that's, that's the same thing with me. Like I don't technically do reviews and this has kind of become a little bit of a meme because everybody's like, that was a great review. And I'm like, I don't review things because I reviewed things for so long. Now I'm like, I like this thing and I want to just show you about it or show it to you. And that's it. That's, I show you the details. I give maybe a quick hot take, but it's not really a review. I'm I'm just it. And I've said this before on here. It's kind of like QVC for EDC. (laughs) <laughs> and I, right. I kind of hate saying that, but at the same time, like I consider what I do as a discovery tool and not really reviews. If you want reviews, go watch Nick Shabazz or Jeremy or or there are plenty of people reviewing gear. I move. I don't. I move. I don't even too, consider. Go ahead. I, I move much too slow to review all the products. I don't even consider mine reviews either, honestly, because normally, for the very same reason you say that. I mean, I guess on the loosest frame, yes, they're reviews, but generally if I don't like it, 
I'm not going to do a video on it. Right. Same. So yeah. it, it, it comes across kind of to call it a review comes across a little disingenuous at times because I'm not reviewing all the competitive options in that framework in order to be like, this is the best option, right? Like I like it. So I'm using it more of a, as like, I think what you just said is a great thing. I use it like a discovery tool. Right. It's like, I find something that I really like that I enjoy. So I want to share that because I think other people might enjoy it also. Yeah. Um, and I totally blanked on where I was going with that. I had like the perfect transition and just, and I fucked you just blanked. See, just Jeremy blanked strikes up. again. Sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's just, if I, I don't ever really want to agree to something before I've, got right. product in hand i'm not gonna say yeah i'll review your thing and then never have touched it and i get it in right. and it's junk i'm not gonna spend my time nope. which i don't have enough of to begin with talking about a product that does not deserve any kind of airtime right so exactly that's one of the exactly. reasons i got stuck with so many product reviews back when i was doing tech and they were all just trash and i didn't want to do it so now if i don't think i'm going to like the product I don't do it. I, I had that happen. Don't do it. I think the last product that it happened on that I just emailed them and said, I'm just not doing this was a beard heated beard brush. Right. They said they emailed me and they're like, Hey, you know, obviously, I mean, if you look at me, you know that I could potentially be interested in beard products. Right. So they, they, they emailed me and were like, Hey, we got this heated beard brush. Do you want to give it a try? And I'm like, you know what? I've seen these things. I'm curious. Sure. Send it to me. I can't promise you I'm going to review it, but if it's good, I will hot trash. And here's the problem, right? I've seen other people use similar products and I don't know if they're full of shit or if my beard's just so long, it wasn't the best beard for that product. Right. Cause I see people, I've seen people on social media use these things, man. And they put them in their beard and they run that beard brush through there and it's a heated beard brush and their beard's just like fucking straight as a board. It like, and I need that. Mine's it, just like, right, dude. I ran it through mine. It didn't do shit. It didn't. And it, it heated up. It it was ceramic. It had all the niceties. All the specs looked good, but it did nothing for my beard whatsoever. Nothing. It was hard to get through. It was like pulling fucking shit. I couldn't get it through. It didn't. And, I, and so I emailed them back. I'm like, look, I appreciate you sending, but I can't recommend this to people. They're like, oh, but you know, look at our Amazon. We have so many positive reviews. I'm like. Then send it Amazon to one of those people. Reviews mean fuck all. Well, because half of them are bought, right? Well, but no, not even just like, that. I, like you can have five totally different products listed under the same item on Amazon. Yeah, I've noticed that they do weird shit with that. And sometimes. the brand will put something on there. They'll get a thousand reviews, and then they'll put a different product under that listing. And you read the reviews, and they're for something totally different. And you're just like, right. what? None of these reviews are legit at all. Right. So, well, so, so I just, and I'm told I'm like, I can't like, it may be a good product, but if I can't verify that it works well myself, I'm not going to say I like it based on what other people have said. Yeah. I have to use it. I have to enjoy using it in order to recommend it. Yep. I'm um, same boat. And, and that was just one of the biggest things that made me want to step out and do this on my own. Not mm -hmm. only did I see several of my friends do it and, and I was I'll be completely honest, a little jealous. I'm not necessarily jealous now, but, you know, aspire to recreate what they have because, I mean, they're crushing it. They're making really great moves. And frankly, I want some of the stuff they've got. And well, seeing dude, that happened, seeing that happen firsthand was a big motivator for me 
working for myself. And, and let's be honest, it's stressful at times working for yourself. It is. And, and it's a lot of work. And anybody who thinks that, and now this is getting specifically into the social media aspect of things for people that are interested in making social media a, a career, but it applies to a lot of different things, right? It's hard work and you got to hustle. And anybody that thinks it's an easy job doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. They've never tried. Yep. Um, but it's a good gig, man. I'm not complaining. Like don't ever anybody who ever hears me saying, oh, I'm working so much. Don't ever think that that's like complaining. Cause it's not, I'm just stating facts, but I'm always extremely grateful and love it because it's a good gig, man. It's fun. I have a lot of fun doing it. Even at the worst times, like I said earlier, even at the worst, most stressed out, no days off in two months, it's still 10 times better than what I used to do. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> you know what and I mean? and that just, was, it's, yeah, that was the thing. Like I, I've never felt just okay or satisfied working for somebody else. Never. No. Not from the first time I had a job. It was always just like, I don't want to do this and I don't care if you're paying me to do it. I still don't want to do it. And I, there's a certain stubbornness to me that I, I know it's a little silly, you? but <laughs> stubborn. No, uh, but, I, I, <laughs> but it just never jived with me. And I, I knew pretty early on from when I started working in general, just 16 years old, I knew that I was probably going to have to work for myself. Yeah. I, I well, have ideas and like, I had a job at Best Buy. I had ideas for things we should do, just never taken into consideration, and that irked me so much. Just we we would do these stupid things because they were SOC or SOP, sorry, standard operating procedure. Like it, it was just what we did, and we did it because that's what the powers that be say we do, and there was no reason for it, or there were things that we could do that were way better, and I just it never made sense to me so when i'd speak up and be like hey we should do it this way it it just it irked me and that followed through in every job that i had after that and i've had some great jobs like i should not complain i'm not complaining about any of the positions i've ever had because they were i was lucky to get them right i was lucky to get Mm -hmm. the job with phone dog then pocket now and then i worked for cnet i worked for myself for a short stint between pocket now and cnet and uh, and I think that was what set it in stone for me was that little period where I was in control and I could say no to things. And if I thought something was stupid, I could just scrap it. That yep. right there was was the only taste I needed to know that I, I didn't really want to work for anybody else. And and now, I mean, given the opportunity, uh, <laughs> not an opportunity, if if I were faced with a situation where I had to work for somebody else. I would absolutely 100% eat my shit, do what I had to do, but you better believe I would be burning the midnight oil trying to work for myself again, no matter what. I told you the story about why I started getting tattoos on my knuckles. (laughs) Yeah, you you did. Yeah. It, when I worked for somebody else, the only tattoo I had on my hand was my wife's initial on my ring finger, because that's what I use as my wedding band. Right. I didn't have any of the other hand tattoos. I did have, uh, also, I didn't fit in, right? I looked like this minus a few hand tattoos, right? Which isn't exactly friendly to most work environments, right? Unless you're working at like a tattoo place or a Harley dealership, they usually don't want you having a beard down to the middle of your uh, chest Wrong and pipe. a bunch of tattoos. But when... Well, back when you were working for somebody else, I mean, it was, you know, 
fifties and eighteen eighteen hundred. So they were really tattoos against that were kind of not shit. really you know accepted then. These days, I don't know <laughs> you know if you've they they're still not man in in a lot of areas. In some areas, it depends on the the the, the area right like a lot of technology-based companies are a little more younger people and they're more accepting of that kind of stuff but a lot of the other industries that have a old school base they really still have very old school values and a lot of people looked at me i worked at the railroad man which is a very old school kind of place and even though it's fairly roughneck at certain aspects it's still very old school so a lot of people don't look at tattoos and stuff saying very. saying you worked on the railroad does not really make it sound like it was any uh closer to now (laughs) (laughs) right i'm just i'm just driving the nail in that coffin of like uh me being an old fuck you know what i mean like i was um, doing some maintenance on the old steam engine and (laughs) yeah back back when uh but um where was i going with it oh so the, the knuckles so yeah so as soon as i started working for myself and it started becoming a viable career I started tattooing knuckles because I was like, I wanted to cement in. You can't go back. Right. Like it was kind of my way of being like, you you need to hustle and make this work because you're, you're kind of sealing off your tomb, yeah. <laughs> right? Like you can never go back to that environment because people aren't going to, ex- plus I love tattoos. Obviously I wouldn't have just done it just to make a point. So it's something I always wanted to do and didn't because I was in fear of that. But you know, that's a funny thing. And it's something I want to touch on. Sorry. I didn't mean to, to cut you off, but something I think we should touch on is I'm sure a lot of people like wonder what made you make that leap. That was the question what, I was going to ask. That was the question I was going to say. So what led you to YouTube? Because this is not the first time you've worked for yourself. No, 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 no. I had, I was part owner of a gym for a while and, and did a few other things, but the, the YouTube thing was I did it on the side when I was still working a normal nine to five job, just as fun, right? I just, I liked camera equipment. I, you know, who got me into it, who inspired me to start my YouTube career? Me. Bitch, you're like eight. <laughs> <laughs> Remember I'm, I was born in 1950. So when, when, when I started my YouTube career, you were nine. No, um, I, was, um, I would guess Peter, no. but I don't, I don't know. Peter wasn't YouTubing yet. Oh, that's true. It was, it was, it was, Casey. it was Casey Neistat. Yeah. I watched him and I was like, man, that looks so fun. Right. And I started as just fun. Like I didn't do it as a thing to make money. I did it and I just enjoyed the, the creative aspect of it. Like in the, the capturing your life aspect of it. Right? right. When I started doing YouTube, I was mainly doing vlogs, family stuff. I enjoyed the camera. I enjoyed the process of it. And I thought it would be a cool way to catalog and have something to look back at my kids when I got older and just cool stuff. My kids still like watching those early videos to this day. I'll go in the room and they're, they have an old vlog pulled up that they were in. Cause they like watching themselves. Um, and that's what I got started. And then it started to slowly make a little bit of money. And I was like, huh, well maybe this isn't the worst thing in the world. So I started putting a little more effort into it to try to make it a little more professional and a little you know better and kind of hone my skills a little bit, so to speak. See you've and not come that far though. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, it's, I still, still struggle a lot. I mean, fuck my color grades one day, oh, I'm, uh, God, Donald Trump. Guy. The next day I'm like blue. I do the color grade. Color grading still is the bane of my existence. Actually, I've got it figured out now. Oh, I, think. I know. I told you the, yeah. the color checker dude saved my life, dude. That's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but in any event, the thing, and you know, a lot of people say, how do you ever make that leap? Right. Cause it's scary because when you're going to work in for yourself and you've always worked for somebody else and 
when dude, when I made the leap and I started going full time on YouTube, this was only like three years ago, maybe. I went full time on YouTube four, three to four years ago. And I had a, a decently well good paying job, right? So it was super scary to go from I know I'm getting a check every single month to if something flops, you're not going to make your mortgage payment. Right. <laughs> like that is a sketchy endeavor to say the least, oh, right? It, it, it is super sketchy. It definitely is. And that's why it, different situation, but that's why for how long, three, six, nine months, I don't know exactly how long I would harass you every week with what should I do about my channel? Right. And it's because, it's scary. yeah, it's scary because I had a channel die. I had that mm-hmm. happen and it's terrifying. Just the thought that my entire family's livelihood is riding on this. And Dude, if I so screw up, I'm done like this. And mm-hmm. a lot of the, the other scary part is that we're on YouTube and we're not in total control. This is not like a, a, a retail business where, you know, it's dependent on foot traffic and the quality of the items you're selling and the pricing and the location and that it's not mm-hmm. dependent on things that you are in control of, which you're not in total control of foot traffic, but. But there's things you can do to influence that. And there are things that you can do to fix it and, and kind of steer the ship, like pay for marketing, pay for advertising, get better products. You know, like it, it's, fairly cut and dry it's not like black and white it's not like sure success but with this you can do everything within your power you can hone your skills you can upgrade all your equipment you can get a studio you can do everything right and wake up one morning and it's gone Mm -hmm. and that's unlikely but i mean also i mean not really dude youtube makes these Fucking blanket changes sometimes that just devastate whole groups of creators and right. they don't give a shit. Like Leafy They're is like, here. You you don't know who Leafy is here is because you don't watch or keep up with YouTube. But uh Leafy is here was a commentary channel. He would play video games and then talk about YouTube drama at the same time, and he used his millions of followers to go attack other creators and stuff. And he was allowed to exist on YouTube for years. And then uh-huh. all of a sudden, YouTube changed their policy on bullying, Done. and he was banned overnight. Done. So this dude was probably well, I mean, making, if I were to guess, he was probably making $100,000 a month. I don't know. But boom, out of nowhere, no job, no nothing. He's fine, I'm sure. He's fine. But at the same time, like, what do you do? You've been doing YouTube for 10 years, and now you're banned. Per- perfect example. <laughs> all the gun channels out yeah. there and all the... Cigar channels out there. Now, the gun channels, much more so because I think there weren't a, a ton of cigar channels that were making tons of money, right? right? Those those guys were smaller creators, uh, and I'm not knocking anybody, but in the grand scheme of YouTube, I'm a small creator. You're a small – like, to be big on YouTube, you got to be 1 million plus, right? Yep. So – and there's not a lot of those in the cigar space on YouTube. So – but still, it devastated a lot of people that were making an income doing it. They might not have been your Casey Neistats and stuff, but they were making an income, and then that income was gone. The The gun community, even more so, because there were some multi-million subscriber and channels doing guns. Biggest example, right? Right. 
And YouTube just said, show whack. And, and that's another reason why, if a lot of people don't understand why creators do ad deals and do stuff like that, is to take a little of that control, right? Yeah. Because if you have a bunch of sponsored people supporting your channel, then the YouTube income becomes a side thing. Yeah. It's nice to have. It's not something you depend on because it's super scary to depend, depend on YouTube. A, it fluctuates like crazy depending on the month and what's going on. B, they make rules all the time that changes if you can even monetize your videos. Yeah. So you really need to diversify in order to have a little bit of stability because having all your eggs in the YouTube basket is sketch. Yeah, and, and that's sketch, sketch, it's sketch. the situation I'm running into now. So obviously this studio has been great, but it's had some problems, right? Like especially mm-hmm. in the summer, I've been dealing with this crazy heat in here that I've not been able to fix. And I'm at a point Oof. where it, it doesn't make sense for me to pay two, $3,000 to get it fixed when I'm going to be out of here in a couple of months. But I've got to make a very big decision. I've got to leap uh, because my lease here is up in November and every single thing I've looked at is four times the monthly price of this. And that's a big pill to swallow. That is a huge pill to swallow because my income is not steady. I'm not drawing a, I'm not on salary. I don't get the same amount every month. The money I make is not dependent upon how much I work. It is a completely independent number. I could put in a hundred hours a week and make less this month. And I could work, I could work 20 hours a week for the next month and probably make double. I mean, it just, we're getting closer to the holidays and and ad revenue goes up. Things go up. It's just, that right there is the biggest thing for me. Everything fluctuates so much. It's really hard to know when is the right time to make this move. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the well, answer you know, to you it. Know what's, what's funny about that is you were saying you could work 100 hours this week and you know, that whole thing. We, we've, we've hit this before, right? Where you were like, Jeremy, you should put out more videos. You should put out more videos. So I started like really trying to get like, I was doing, I think, like two to three videos a week. And my, my viewership went down. <laughs> I was like, what the hell is happening? I'm making more content and I'm, I'm getting less views and I'm getting less everything. And then I slowed back down because I, I couldn't sustain it anyway, honestly. And then the, it started going back up and I'm like, okay. So apparently if I make too many videos, people get tired of seeing my long bearded, ugly ass and, and you, <laughs> they don't want to do You want to know the shit of it though? What's you that? can make one video a month and everything just kind of maintains. If, if right. I go more than one week, like if it's eight days without uploading a video, Uh my shit tanks Uh every time. If I go, I I don't get it. I don't know. If I don't upload at least once a week, it just, the bottom falls out. Right. And that's, and that's the weird thing behind YouTube, right? But that goes back to it being, here's my advice to anybody that's listening or watching, right? If you have any, aspiration to work for yourself do it while you're young and you don't have a bunch of responsibilities like right? kids and a mortgage which right. i don't have a mortgage but a big right. truck payment and, <laughs> i got that and, and let me be and let me be clear yeah yeah you for sure you did that yourself bitch. um but but it's super nice hey you got fucking cooled seats right um that should just podcast but, uh, from the truck but by no means do i mean that that if you're not young you can't do it. I did it at third in my late thirties with three kids and a mortgage and everything else. So I'm not saying you can't, I'm saying 
it takes a much bigger set of cojones. Mm, that's a good bottle right there, dude. Dude, this, by the way, this bottle is getting better as it's opened up. It was good when I first bought it, but now that it's been open, it's down past the shoulder a little bit and it's been open for a few weeks. This cup, I'm at this little pour right here. I'm enjoying more than any one I've had thus far out of it. Well, a lot of bottles I found that to be the case, man. After you get past that shoulder and they've had a little time to open up, yep, glory, uh, glorious. But let me finish wait, my train wait, of thought real quick. Actually, to, to further that point, uh, I think last week and on the live, I said that mm-hmm. Hatazaki was not good. Uh huh. I changed my opinion. I after it opened up, yep, had some Dude, more, it, and it's, it's so much better now. It's so it so changes, man. That damn old Forester nineteen ten. I was just talking about that bottle is good right off the rip. Okay, it's good, but after you get past the shoulder and it's had the time to open up and some air gets in that bottle, it goes from good to outstanding. Yep. I mean, it really a lot of bottles change. It, it's it's crazy. All right, um, so doing things when but you're young. anyway. Do it while you're young, man, because you know what it it does. Once you get older and you got that stuff over you, it takes another level of cojones in order to, 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 to get it. It does. And and it's, it's also a lot higher risk and and the risk versus it's just scary, man. It's real scary. There's another point that I don't think you're recognizing here. And if you're trying to do something deliberately, uh, Uh it may not happen overnight. This is something exactly. This is something that Which requires. I'll get to that in just a second. This is something that requires a lot of dedication. So we talked about what got you started. I was obviously already in content creation. I had a following. Right. I had a platform, and it still took a very, very long time for it to all come together. Mm-hmm. Uh, most people think that I have a YouTube channel that's two years old, and I just came up out of nowhere and just the channel just took off and I went full time and, and it just all just kind of fell into place. But what a lot of people don't realize is that this is my second channel. I worked for five plus years, almost six years on the first channel and it got to almost 100,000 subscribers after six years of work and a YouTube change just tanked it. The YouTube change with paired with me kind of flip-flopping on stuff that I had to do because it was a conflict of interest with my real job. Like all of it just culminated and with that one big last YouTube change, the the uh, adpocalypse of 2015-2016 just yep. tanked the channel and I had spent thousands upon thousands of hours working on videos. I have I had that sucks. Too. I had almost 400 videos on that channel. Well, that goes back to, you know, what we were saying, dude, YouTube does these sweeping changes that I, it's, Hey, and I've said it in videos before it's their platform. They absolutely have the right to do whatever in the hell they want. So I'm not talking shit about YouTube. They have given a lot of people the luxury of working for themselves and, and making a living. So I'm extremely grateful to YouTube, yep. but I also hate it. I do. <laughs> Yeah, right. But I do have my gripes with the way they do things. I wish they wouldn't do things the way they did because it does affect people's livelihoods. And I think they should consider that a little more when they're making these sweeping changes that they're actually affecting people's lives. This isn't just grandfather. Nothing. What happened to the idea of grandfathering? Right, right. (laughs) What happened to that? They're they're just like, oh, this has been okay for 10 years, but now it's not. So bye. Right. Uh, Right. It's just, uh, yeah. Anyway. The, that's something that I think a lot of people don't realize with my channel. Like when I first got started, this channel 
kind of took off quickly. So what happened was I had worked on the other channel, basically just moonlighting for six years. So I'd work for CNET by day and by night and a weekend. I was always working on the channel and the harder I worked, the more I wanted it, the less the channel came together. Uh, things just started falling apart. And Alex realized this. I was just too hell bent on making it work to realize. And Alex came to me. I was in the middle of shooting a video. Alex came to me. I was outside in her backyard and she said, you got to choose. Like, I never see you. I'm always just sitting inside bored and you're always working and it's not working. Like it is not working out. You're not making money doing this and you're putting all of your time and effort into it. You have to make a choice. It's me or the channel. Right. You can, and you can only do a passion project for so long and it needs to be either make some money or cut it loose and, and, or not spend all your time doing it. One of the, yeah, other. And, I, and I needed that. I needed her to be like, look, it's not working. You're, you're killing yourself over something that is just beating you down. Hey man, there's something behind the saying behind every great man is a great yeah. man. There's yeah. something behind that saying, bro. There's some, my wife is, is, is my rock, man. There, there's definitely something to that. She's more than a rock, man. She, she has to put up with a lot. <laughs> She's a fucking saint. I told you, if she could prove a couple miracles, they'd put her in for sainthood. Uh, Alex is not far off from that. Let me tell you. <laughs> I Anybody that deals with both of us, I guarantee yeah. you that's the case. But uh, I, I basically begged her right then and there. I was like, look, I've put so much of my life into this for so long, and it's something I really, truly want. This is my dream. I want to do this. I said, give me one month. That's it. Mm -hmm. One month. If it doesn't work out, I'll walk away. And I was serious, Ooh. too. I was, that was a butt puckering comment right there, buddy. Woo. <laughs> uh, if it, if it doesn't just, you're going to walk away. That's, that's a scary situation. I, I was serious too. I, I would have walked away and I never really thought about that until that moment. And it made me just kind of think about everything. So I went and sat down with some of my friends and I said, what am I not seeing? What is it? about this channel that has worked and what isn't working. Like I have blinders. I'm too close to this. Just tell me what works. And mm -hmm. they looked through all of my content and they were basically like everyday carry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you don't see it, hey. but all of your popular videos, every single popular video on your channel is everyday carry every single one of them. You're, you're like, so you should probably maybe focus on that. And channel. I'm like, well, well, thanks for the input guys. And I, <laughs> I debated just pivoting the channel or starting fresh. And there's a lot to be said about just starting from scratch. And it was very yep. tough to do. I mean, the channel had almost a hundred thousand subscribers and I said, fuck it. And just abandoned it and started a new channel. And mm -hmm. I think month one, I had 20,000 subscribers and some of those came like, from the old oh. channel. Some of them did. But I mean, when I announced I was making a new channel, it was probably like five or 6,000 people subbed, but the videos I was making, I mean, I had five, 6,000 subs and the videos were getting like 20, 30, 40,000 views just right off the rip. And I'm like, wow. Okay. So this is, I might be on, I might be honest. I was like, this is kind of working. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> I might be honest. Yeah. And, uh, Alex and I discussed a point at which. I would consider going full time. Like we discussed that because mm -hmm. it was starting to look like it was actually going to work this time. I mean, I was, when I was working on the other channel, when I say the harder I worked, the less the channel worked out, I had 
roughly 80,000, 85,000 subscribers before I, I walked away from it, I would mm-hmm. upload a video. It would get like 1,200 views, and I would lose like 1,000 subscribers every time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, okay, I mean, that didn't work. You're like, you're like, I'm not getting political or anything on here. Why are so many people pissed off and leaving? <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was a obviously very big difference going from 1,200 views and losing subs to uploading a video and it getting like 40,000 views in a week, you know, from just organic. And uh, mm-hmm. so we started talking about what what it would take for me to go full time because I had a pretty good paying job with CNET. And I basically said, once I can offset what I'm making with CNET through this channel, I'll walk away from, from CNET, from, from my day job. And I'll just do this full time. And it took three months, three months from zero to full time. That's fast, bro. Mine took a lot longer than that. (laughs) It took a lot longer than that. It was fast and it was terrifying because the day that I hit that number, I came home. I told Alex, I was like, I'm doing it. I'm quitting. I'm going to go full time. This is it. I need to put myself 100% into this. That's the only way it's ever going to work. So we were talking about it. And she's like, just come home. Just come home. I walk through the door and I'm like, I'm doing it. And she hands me an envelope and I open it up and it's a card with a pregnancy test. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you're like, oh no. Oh pressure. God. The pressure. The pressure. She was like, she well, was like, know, well, you got nine months to figure it out. So <laughs> you know, it's funny. It goes it goes back to that original thing we were talking about. Right. And and just to finish my thought is do it while you're young and you don't have those pressures, Mm -hmm. right. To where if you need to invest the time to, for it to work, you have the time. If it fails, who gives a shit? Like, you know, I said it in one of my videos I I did. I think it was one where I talk about things I wish I knew in my twenties and that's not being afraid to fail. Like fortune favors the bold. That's like one of my favorite like sayings, you know, I forgot the Latin interpretation of it, but it's true, right? Like, don't be afraid to fail. Do what you love. Do what you want to do. And don't be afraid to fail because you're never going to go anywhere if you don't try, right? No. If you don't give it the effort and try. Failure isn't a bad thing. You know, just learn from what you failed on. Dust your shit off. Get up and keep I've, going. You I've know failed what I mean? many, many times, even in right. just the last, so, like, six years. But that being said... That is harder to do the older you get because the fear of not providing for your family, your children, your house payments, all stuff, there is a certain amount of responsibility there that you can't just throw caution to the wind, right? So a, a little bit of, of background on how I did it and how I was able to do it is, you know, speaking of what you were talking about, it takes time is it does take time. I, it did not three months and that shit. And it I, was uh-uh. scary. It took years. <laughs> it was really it scary. Took years. It took years for me to get to where it was a reasonable income. I had started trying to build it while I still worked at the other job. It's very hard to do that. It's very hard to, to work another job and end up making YouTube a full-time thing because you're, you really need to put everything into it. If you want to make it a career, yeah. it can be done though. Um, I think and that's how I started. I think what helped the the rapid growth of what I was doing was the fact that I was really the only channel focusing solely on everyday carry. And right. I came out swinging and talking about products that people didn't know existed. And I think it was just kind of a right time, right place sort of deal. Um, like right. I was talking about Rovivon before anybody had, I, I've never to my, like to this day, never other than that video uploaded something 
and searched the product and got zero results on YouTube. When mm-hmm. I uploaded that video, before I hit publish, I just wanted to see if anybody else had said anything about it. I searched Rovivan Aurora on YouTube, and there were zero results. Do you know how like, hard mm-hmm. that is to do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, no, I was is. like, oh, shit. Like, I found something, <laughs> you know? Like, this thing's kind of cool. It had, like, three Amazon reviews, and I put them on the map, and they right. put me on the map, really. Like unintentionally i talked about them and it just kind of all came together after that point that was just one of those things that right time right place a lot of luck and it worked the funny thing is and this is kind of unrelated i woke up this morning to an email from a company called rovivon and they're like hey we've seen your channel and we really like what you're doing would you like to review our you're, product and i'm like you're, you're like it's i made shit. you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously I didn't. They, they made a really cool product, but I mean, like before I made that video, they had zero presence on the internet. So, I right. mean, it was crazy, crazy. But so it goes back to that whole thing of like you were saying of you, you just got to kind of fucking pull that rip cord and do it because yep. you got to try. Right. Actually, you know what? I think I have. Oh boy. I think I have the Latin. I think I have the Latin on here on my man card that I'm coming out Your with shameless card. Plug. I think I have the fortune. I put fortune favors the bold on this. Um, and I have a Latin. I'm not going to try to pronounce that online, but I have fortune favors the bowl and Latin, the Latin version of that on here. Cause I, I feel so strongly about that. You, you have to try, you have to do it. But going back to what I'm saying, when you're younger, it's easier to do when you're older, it's tougher and you kind of your responsibilities make it to where you have to kind of have a little bit of a safety net, right? Yeah. Because you can't, when you got three kids and a wife looking at you, you can't just go, ah, fuck it. I'm going to do what I want. If it doesn't work out, <laughs> screw everybody. You know what I mean? Like I have a responsibility as a dad to provide for them. So like you have to kind of be a little careful. Right. Um, and, but and I would never in a million years recommend doing what I did. It was a very lucky situation and it just so happened to work out. And a lot of that had to do with me one having worked on YouTube for at that point, like six years and knowing the ins and outs, knowing how to monetize really well and just working my ass off. I mean, before Eleanor was born, I was working and and Jeremy can attest to this. I was working Uh morning to night, five, six, seven days a week. Uh, like 9 a.m. to 2 or 3 a.m. and then just going back at it the next day. Well, and that's part of it. First off, you got to be willing to fucking hustle, right? I was as fortunate in a different way. What allowed me to do it in my advanced age (laughs) and, well, having kids and stuff, what allowed me to do it is I got very lucky also, right? I, at my job, they were doing layoffs, right? And I had been there long enough that they were, they were offering year severance packages for people to volunteer, right? Because they were trying to get as many people out that wanted out so that they didn't have to lay off as many people. Um, And I had been there long enough that I qualified to get a year salary. So I was like, man, I already had the YouTube. I'd already been kind of pecking away at the YouTube thing for a year or two. Right. So I had a little bit of a subscriber base to where it was not near an income, but it was okay. 
And I thought, hey, if I have a full year of not having to worry about it because I've got a paycheck coming in for the next year, if I've got a year to put everything I've got into this, I think I can make it work. I got to say, that's pretty so, fucking lucky. <laughs> it, it was. So I went, to, I went to my boss and I'm like, dude, put me on the list, please. So he put me on there. I took the severance package. I left a career after 15 years. I had a year. And even with that, I was still nervous as shit because at the end of that year, if it wouldn't have panned out, I still would have been sitting here with a mortgage, a wife and three kids going, what the fuck am I going to do? Yep. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, but it still gave me that little bit of safety net in that time. You know, you were talking about having most any career, you're not going to be able to just jump into and be successful at right away. Yep. You're going to have to put in the work. That and, right? and one thing I've learned, the most valuable thing I've learned is that when you're not putting 100% of yourself into something, it's not going to flourish. It's just not. Right. I mean, that's what happened with the other channel is I was torn between that and my day job. And that's not to say that you can't moonlight and make a side project work. Not at all. Sure. What I mean by that is like my job dictated what I could and couldn't do on the channel. And that affected everything. And right. I, the other thing is, Let's say you have a nine to five job, you work at a bank or you're in retail or anything. Doesn't matter. Whatever mm -hmm. your job is. The difference for me that really affected me, I think, is that my day job was content creation. My moonlighting job was content creation. So yeah, mine was the railroad versus content creation, which is two totally fucking different things. Um, yes. Yeah, and, and, and I think but, that. It didn't really burn me out, but I think it really affected my ability to put myself into into making videos for myself because I was writing and making videos by day and making videos by night, and I was just right. creatively just empty. And I, right. I've been there for a while. Like I, one thing I really want to focus on this year and next year is creativity. Just putting that creative work back into what I do. I obviously want to keep doing these formulaic videos because I enjoy them and they're, they're easier, but I want to start mixing in some bigger ideas, bigger projects, traveling. Just, I want to do more than just this. This is my bread and butter. This is something I can always come back to on a rainy day. I can always make these videos and I don't mind them, but I also want, I want to take it up a notch. And that's something that's right. that, that, that goes hand in hand with a, a better suited studio so that that's playing into this bigger space that I'm looking at. And uh, I, I can't pull the trigger yet. I'm, I'm a little nervous. I've made a lot of crazy decisions. Well, dude, it's, it goes along with all this other yeah, shit we're talking about. Like for every stage of working for yourself, when you're working for yourself and somebody else isn't paying the bills, you're paying the bills and it's your responsibility to get all the income. Anything you do is a bit of a leaf of faith, right? You like, come up on you, a bunch of glass ceilings. Is what it is. When you well, when you, you work for yourself, you got to break have, through them. You've got to have the the grit and the balls to to, to get through. Yeah. It, right. It takes it takes a little bit of courage, a little bit of like, okay, fuck it, <laughs> like I'm going to do it. You know, and and some hard work and determination. And a, and a taint right? fan doesn't hurt along the way. A taint fan, <laughs> you know, you, we really got to like, I don't know, maybe get some kind of patented trademark situation for a taint fan like i feel uh, like the, that could be a really whiskey, good carry commission product the whiskey knife fight taint fan 
I'm down. I think you get to own that one, though. I think that just needs to be a carry commission because honestly, you're the tank fan guy, not me. I don't have. I a tank will fan. give you one for your truck, though. I do. I need one for my truck. <laughs> but because, like we said, the taint is the radiator of the body, <laughs> and I get hot in my truck because the AC is broken. That that needs to be a thing too. Can we have, make a shirt? Taint your taint is the radiator of the. Maybe that wouldn't be a good that shirt. Would not be a good shirt. Maybe a good morale. Or patch. maybe just. Maybe yeah, maybe just have like a a radiator on someone's taint, have a graphical image of that. Oh. That would be hard to that would be hard to wear out in public. I would assume you might maybe. get in trouble with that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have shirts that say shit in huge letters. That's on true. Them. I've I've got my use your shit shirt. All my shirts say best damn EDC, which people yeah. are a little weird about. But yeah, it's definitely uh, tough to make those leaps to break through the glass ceiling at different points. I mean, I've had to do it several times. I had to do it. Moving into my other office, which was not very expensive, but I had to do it moving into this studio, which was a mm-hmm. bit of a jump up. And then now, I mean, I'm faced with renew here for a year and deal with this. Just, I, I've, I have decided if, if I do renew here, I'm just going to pay the money to get a split unit installed. If mm-hmm. I renew for a full year, it makes sense. But for the next three months, it doesn't make sense because it's going to start cooling off and that that that's i mean obviously you know whatever my opinion just based on all the talks me and you have on the the constant basis either get a different spot or get an ac because it just it fucks with your your productivity and your workflow to be dealing with that heat on a constant basis. i will say that for podcasting and video production and everything this space has been great just audio wise like the acoustics here are so good it's a great space i mean i think it's a cool and like People probably don't know where you're at. I'm not going to dime out your exact location, but you've got like a whole like industrial situation right outside there, you that is great for photography and like a little quick B-roll or something because yeah. there's so many cool textures and backgrounds and stuff where you're at that it, it could be really cool. It's just the fucking heat is a situation. And there are breweries here. There are a lot of different businesses right. here. They're about to put in a food hall. Like this spot it's quiet. is cool. This spot is really neat. It's quiet? Yeah. You don't have neighbors banging around making it your old spot. You had people above you that would make noise and fuck you fucking up from filming. Because you're falling on my head when I'm shooting a video. Like, right. Yeah. Right. So the only problem with that spot is the, the temperature yeah, situation. It really is. Everything else I is mean, great. There, it's not far from your place. There are content ideas that I have that don't work in here. So, I mean, just to kind of shed some light on that, I have a trailer, a camping trailer. So not the... Um, not the RV trailer. I have a, a like a 1976 Avion Legrand, which is kind of like a better Airstream. Uh, and I, I that thing is a total gut job. It needs to be renovated. But I have an off-road trailer, which was built on an M416 military trailer. And I want to rebuild that. And that's sort of the thing I want to do with my other channel. Obviously, I'm not going to do rebuilds. I want to do a lot of different stuff with that channel. Um. <laughs> these fucking mics dude they, they grab, grab yeah. your mustache and your beard and i'll like go and o'hare will get stuck then i'll go to pull away and i'm like ah, ah, yeah. ah sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i was getting tortured for a yeah, second no there. it happens to me a lot i've, I've learned to like <sighs> keep my distance but yeah the, the trailer i want to rebuild that i want to do a lot of of different things on that channel and i i need space to work on that this is a second floor it's carpeted so it's good for one thing but working on stuff and welding and using angle grinders and stuff that's not going to work in this space so 
I feel like a spot like that though, man, is going to be so expensive because you've got to get such a big spot to do something. Like, I found well, two, plus a spot and like both that, of them. A spot like that generally isn't going to be good for this. Also conducive for filming, right? right? So like you can either get a cheap spot that's nice for working on vehicles and stuff, or you can get a cheap spot, not cheap, but less expensive place for filming. But a place like Peter's would be perfect, right. right? He's got the nice AC spot that's good for filming, and then he's got like that little warehouse area in the back with a cargo door. But fuck, man, who knows how much a joint like that would so cost? So I found one. And it was expensive as shit. Yes and no. Uh, it's more than what I pay for my house, but it's less than what <laughs> the average house rents for here. That's still a lot of money. So, and see, it goes back to that. And, and, and it goes back to that, like having the balls to do it right. Like that's why I still shoot out of my house because I don't, I've had businesses. Like I said, I had other businesses. I was a part owner of a gym for a while overhead in a business. That's another little fucking tidbit that if I gave anybody watching or listening, if you're starting something on your own, try to keep your expenses, keep it your cheap. overhead as low as possible. Because when you get a high overhead, that means you got to make that much money every month to break even. And when you're first starting off, that is a son of a bitch. Yep. So I'll, I'll say this. Pin yourself down with overhead, man. Keep your overhead yep. as low as you can so that every bit of money you make goes in your pocket, so, not paying out a bunch of shit, so, which is why I haven't done what you're talking about, man. Cause I don't want, this oh I don't have any overhead right now. Right. I mean, I have overhead with buying camera equipment and stuff like that, which by the way, in this fucking job can get crazy expensive because all this shit is not cheap. But I don't have monthly bills that I have to pay. Right. right? The only one I really have None. is my internet for this studio and this studio. Um mm-hmm. the studio is very affordable. If I were right. to get the next space that I'm looking at, which I don't even know if it's still available. I looked at it this weekend. It's perfect, man. It's got two offices, two bathrooms. It's got a shower, and then it has a shop. It's got a warehouse space. But does it have a taint fan? I will install a taint fan. Okay. Okay. Uh, a taint fan. But if I were to get that, it would increase my expenses by like twelve to fourteen hundred dollars every month. Yeah. See, that's that hurts. That and that's that's twelve to fourteen hundred dollars not in your pocket every month. I know. Here's the thing. There are business guys out there that would say, yeah, but for that twelve to $1,400, you can do this extra content. You could do these extra things that might make you an extra three grand right. a month, which then, but that's could, could. right? So the, in the my definite, mind, the definite is the $1,400 a month. That's a fucking for yes. sure thing. The money, the money it could make you is not a for exactly. sure thing, which is why I say when you're starting off, keep that lower, that overhead. Yeah. And I'm getting to the point now where I can consider something like that. It's it's not something I want to do. I don't want that extra expense every month, but I'm getting to one of those glass ceilings where with some of the stuff I want to do, and I'm not just talking about rebuilding a trailer, uh, full disclosure, I'm talking about maybe even going through the process of making my own EDC gear on video. Uh, I'm going to need a space like that. And if I rented a house, not rented, if I could buy a house, so Long story short, I've tried. I cannot buy a house right now. I'm in the process of trying, but it's unlikely that it's going to happen. That's another really big downside to being a business owner or self-employed. But yeah, either you pay the tax man a whole lot or you uh, don't show a lot of uh, 
you you have a lot of write offs that end up showing that you're, yeah. you're, 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 net income isn't that high so it keeps you good with the tax man but then it doesn't look good when you're applying for loans you show that you make a bunch of money on paper it looks good with the banks but then your taxes are going to be high shit so it's 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 so it's so frustrating because i'll I'll just be pretty candid about this if i get say that studio and we get a house that we need like size wise for the the growing family we're looking at like over thirty six hundred dollars a month in rent Whereas if mm. we had a mortgage and I put a building out back, that building would be paid off in a year. And mm-hmm. the mortgage would be, I don't know, like 900, 1200, 1500, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter what oh, it would dude. be. It would be significantly it's, it's, less, like a third less than what I would have to pay if I'm just renting two spaces. So it, it it's it's so frustrating because I do make enough to buy a house but that doesn't matter <laughs> well, so and and you know and, and another thing about owning the own your place is that you're paying yourself yeah. rent you're just throwing money out the right. window right or when you own the whether it's for a business if you buy the building for a business or whether it's your home or whatever you're paying yourself back right which is a very different you're building equity every month rather than just just right. throwing it right out the and window and that that's that's sort of the thing like <clears throat> i all I want in the world right now is to be able to buy a house and put my own studio out back, like buy a place with a couple of acres and have a 3000 square foot shop out back. And the thing is, if I were to rent something that size, it's going to be two thousand, three thousand $3,000 a month for a standalone building like that. If I put one in my backyard at the house that I own, it's going to be, Maybe $20,000 to have it built, even if I get a prefab one. That's that's an option to get a prefab and finish it on the inside with some sheetrock and some lighting and electrical and plumbing. That is going to be like $20,000, but it's paid off. And once it's paid off, you're not paying that out to anybody else. It So, yeah, it, it's something that I'm really having a hard time maneuvering. It's a situation that's just been weighing on me a lot lately and i'm trying to not let it bother me i'm still just kind of going through the motions and getting work done but it's it's uh it's a situation and it is one of those things the reason i'm talking about this so openly is is because this is just one of those things that eventually as a business owner or even just a youtuber a lowly youtuber it's one of those things that eventually you're going to have to think about especially like if you want an editor like, do you want somebody coming into your house and editing videos at your house every day? Or do you want a space and have somewhere for them to go? And, well, that, you know, it's just, well, that's a whole nother so- yeah, subject for a different yeah. video. Right. But like, we have very different opinions on the editor situation, right? Like to me, such a big part of my creative process is how I do the edit. Yep. So like, I'm kind of anti-editor, but I do see the productivity gains of it. Right. Um, but anyway, that that that's a whole nother podcast, man. I, that's a whole. Oh yeah. What I want more than an editor is someone to work mm. with. By the way, it's not to cut you off, but we should wrap it up in about the next two minutes, so we can spend fifteen or twenty doing comments yeah, and yeah. stuff because we're com- we're coming up on two hours. But but one thing that I really want is someone to work with. So for the last ten right. years, I've worked almost entirely by myself. 
and it's kind of right. lonely. Like the only people I talk to are online. <laughs> That's it. I don't. Well, you know, it's it's funny you say that. The first like year or two that I did YouTube, I was super lonely. Like because you work from home, like or you work by yourself, like you said, right? And then you know, I met you. I met the Bourbon Junkies. I met some other people on YouTube. I started talking to Pete occasionally. So like having those connections in the space, even though I'm not physically in the same space as y'all, just having somebody to talk about the, the, the day-to-day things of YouTube, it, it, it really helps because when you work for yourself, you're not in a work environment around a bunch of people like collaborating on a daily right. basis. Right. And, and it can get a little like, and that's the, the big thing for me is, is that collaboration and, mm-hmm. Being able to bounce ideas off of each other because I, I, I don't Huge. make the best decisions all the time, right? Like I made this what? this YouTube Wait, channel. Hold on, can somebody can somebody <laughs> what timestamp was that? What is he one four four? Okay, I just want to make sure we timestamp yeah, yeah, that yeah. so that, that next time we're having a conversation, <laughs> I can come back and be like, "Hey Taylor, but how many times do I call uh, one you? hour forty four minutes into podcast? How many times four? do I call you um, with some sort of conundrum that I just can't figure out, and I'm just like." I don't know what to do. I need your help. And half the time you're like, I don't fucking know. And, and the thing is like, it's because you're not working on this with me. You've got your own shit to figure out. So what I want is somebody who is here, who is doing the same thing with me every day. And they know kind of what the hurdle is. And they, they're trying to figure it out with me and we can bounce ideas, like have a whiteboard and be like, this video should be titled this or not write down like six options and, and you know, just, come up with better ideas than what I'm capable of on my own. That's something I want. And like, if I need B roll, hand somebody the camera and be like, here, shoot B roll. I'll put this watch on and get B roll versus, you know, propping it up on a table and setting up the lights and setting up my jib and getting that shot. Like dude, having that person. So that jib is amazing. I love it. Dude, that jib, that jib is amazing. But God damn, it's still, it takes so long to set up. And then, it's it's still a pain in the ass. I mean, it, it allows you to do something that you f- physically could not do right. otherwise. So that aspect of it's great, but it is way more time consuming than if you had a second person there that could just hand yep. do it. If you've you got know? that other person, have them put it on 120 FPS and just boop and rip 30 it. seconds, rip 30 seconds or 240 or 240, or 240 FPS. If you got that new uh, Sony a seven S Mark three, that's yeah. coming. Very excited yeah, yeah, about yeah. that. I don't think I'm ever going to get it though. I ordered that like a month and a half ago and I'm still, I'm still like, dude, that was pre-ordering cameras is such a fucking God. Well, I ordered that damn thing like the beginning of August and I'm not going to get, if they, if they don't end up running out, I'm not going to get to the end of September. Did I say September? September. September. I left the B completely out. But having somebody shoot it takes 30 seconds, a minute, five minutes, even setting it up and doing yourself is like a 30 minute process. Well, setting up that jib (laughs) and trying to get it just right. Have you ever tried? You you go back and it's just like looking at your crotch and you're like, well, fuck, this isn't a crotch shot. I meant for it to be on my pocket, not on my dick. Like this is a totally messed up Have situation. You ever tried to do a jib shot while holding something, uh, dude. dude yes. You can't. It's, like your hand won't stay still enough. Like it's just, oh, dude. It's it's so bad. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. It, it, like the smallest movement, you're like, fuck, I'm out of frame. Shit. I'm oh ho, ho hey. Especially if you're on like a hundred millimeter lens, forget it. Oh yeah. Fucking forget oh, yeah. it. 
Oh God. I was trying to get a close up on a cigar at a hundred millimeters holding it. And my hand looked like I had Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just all over the place and I'm like, Oh my God, dude, this is ridiculous. Come on. Um, but anyway, to wrap well, it up, cause I do want to get to comments for a well, few that, minutes. Did you have any final well, thoughts regarding the jib, uh, tomorrow? What's on the agenda is a shit ton of B roll of watches, which all have to be fucking macro dude. shots. You can go fuck yourself. That is the best looking watch you have. I don't care what <laughs> hey, you say. I had say. to take it off because it's fuck so hot in here. Fuck your Christopher Ward. Don't get me wrong. I love the Christopher Ward. I'm not saying that, but you said you think it's a contender. That watch is better looking. Dude, that watch has that little something special. It's got special, a little something bro. special, little but something the special. Christopher Ward, I think, is made better. Yeah. Uh, so vote in the comments. Which of these is the better watch? Can I get them lined up? Uh, people. I can't, people. I can't Come figure, on, let's be real. I can't let's figure be real. this out. There we let's go. Let's be real. This goes back to that jib thing. See, it's all you're all fucking backwards. Uh, Let's be honest, people. I hope that nobody cares that I burp into the I'm, mic. Uh, I kind of do I it on the purpose. Ward, sit down. The Oris, come on, people. There Let's get real. Much better that time. The Christopher. The Christopher Ward's a good looking watch. I'm not dogging the Christopher Ward. That Oris, though, it does look good. And 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 here's the thing. That shot's not even doing that that Oris justice. The bezel on that thing, like some of the details of that watch, is what makes that Oris yeah. fucking. Here we'll do this. You know what I mean? We can we can do this. And that and that date hand complication that's like a big date hand. Come on, dude. Yeah, see that that coin bezel. I don't know if they call it, would call that a coin bezel. And I know we're not supposed to get into watches too much. It was funny the 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 when you said what should you talk about tonight's podcast? One person's comment was not watches. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. See, that's a good looking watch, dude. But it it is a little more eh compared to that Oris, dude. That Oris. Look look at the comments. Oris, Oris, Oris. Dude, the Oris, bro. The Oris. I get it. I hear you. Let's get to some comments, though. Uh, my final thought is be bold. Fortune favors the bold. If you want to work for yourself, fucking put in the time. Do it. If you're young, nail it. Do it. Get out there. Get her, get her fucking done. If you're older, set yourself up a little safety net so you don't fucking starve your kids and then still do it. But just set yourself up a safety net of some nature so that you, you, you don't, you know. You got to feed them children. It's your responsibility as a parent. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, my suggestion would be just be willing to eat shit for a long time. <laughs> you're, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to. That's gotta, just kind of part you of it. You got to be willing to take a big old healthy bite of that shit sandwich and like yep. it. That's all right, though. Sometimes shit sandwiches are yeah. all right. So let's uh, let's field some questions for about 10, 15 minutes. Field some questions. I see my boy A.B. Cigars in the house. A.B. Cigar. Hey, Alec, by the way, buddy. This is this is yours, man. This is an AB. I said it earlier. Uh, I don't think I don't know when you dropped in. It's fucking autofocus. This is why I want my damn. Look at this. Son. I'm gonna just show uh, these on screen. I yeah, see I one vote for the ward. Look at this. Oris. That's because the Oris, Oris. fucking st- Oris. dude. Thank you. Who said the Oris, Oris stomps the shit Oris. out of it? Oris. And you were like, I don't know, man. Christopher Ward, super nice. Ward. I'm like, yeah, the Christopher Ward is nice, but that Oris stomps Oris. the Oris. 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 shit Oris. out of it. Oris. Oris. But anyway, I was telling my boy AB, this is one of his cigars. That's all that's left, buddy. This is the fuck. What did I say this was in the beginning? What cigar? Did I don't I say remember. This, was? this I like is one this. of your cigars. I showed it earlier. I like this. Jeremy, <laughs> you are the definition of I've patina. Got, I've got patina in my beard. Maybe that's why I like patina so much because, you know, I'm a rusty old bastard myself. <laughs> This is the you need uh, that you need that um, salty old bastard flask. I do, bro. I that's exact, dude. Did he know that's what this was from this little fucking nub? 
Are you kidding me right now? Was he able to identify this cigar from this little nub, or was he in here earlier when I, I said don't know. it? He might have been in here. I don't know. If he wasn't in here and he just identified this from a fucking nub, I, Alec, he just took another notch up in my book. That motherfucker is on his Greg Rudzinski says humble pie. Yes, you have to eat your humble pie to make it. You got it. to, and, bro. Uh, to, and, and, and that's the other the thing, The biggest man, thing for me, I think, for other people, like fr- the biggest advice from me for other people is don't compare yourself to other creators. Dude, that's some fucking like, advice right so there, It's so easy bro. for me to look at Jeremy and compare myself to what his channel is like you're over a 300,000 subscribers. Like we hit a hundred thousand pretty close to one another. And I, Oh bullshit. You always say that. No, no, no. You're going to, you're going to try to pull this. Oh, Jeremy pulled no, ahead. No, 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 shit. No. I'm saying I Bull don't fuck. compare. Like I, I just don't. Oh, I, I was about to say, I'm like, dude, no no, 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 no. Because here's the thing. Your channel grew so much faster than mine ever <laughs> did, bro. You got, you smoked a hundred thousand subscribers in 13 months. Yeah. It was like right over a year. I think dude, it, it took me like three well, years. What I'm bro. saying is like, we hit a hundred thousand at around the same time, right? Sometime in 2019. Uh, and yeah, then yeah, yeah, yeah. by the time I hit a hundred thousand, like you were at a hundred thousand, I was like 95. By the time I hit a hundred thousand, you were like 120. And then just yeah. boom, just took off like a rocket. And it's so easy for me to like be like, shit, like, look at that. Why can't I be like that? But oh. I, I, I just don't compare myself anymore. Like, I look at what I've got and I make my videos and I'm happy with it. And I'm, I'm just cruising right, right along. Like, it, it's just, you start. That is, that is the best advice you can give anybody, you start, man, is just do you. You start comparing yourself it. to other people and you're going to get bogged down by that. Like, I have people who out. I've been working with off and on for seven, eight, nine years. And it's so easy to compare what I have to what they have. Some of them are over a million subscribers. I used to do a podcast a long time ago with Marquez Brownlee, who has over 10 million subscribers. Now we don't even talk anymore, but like it's so easy to compare and just be like, well, shit, I wish I had that, but look what I have. I'm very happy to have what I have. So (laughs) You just have to be okay with what you've got and enjoy it. Don't take it for granted and don't compare yourself to other people. Somebody made a comment. Jeremy, the band is over on the side. And I'm like, oh, fuck, you're right, dude. The band was yeah. there. I totally forgot. Somebody else has got more uh, acute deta- uh, attention to detail than I do. Um, Joe Bergman says, shortcut, uh, shortcut to success equals put in the work. That's it all the time. Yeah, there dude, is no shortcut. So true, There's bro. no shortcut at all. There is no shortcut. Just do it. Just do it. Um, Alec did. I did see he said somebody told him. Okay. I appreciate you being honest, Alex. I was about to think you were a fucking cigar psychic or something. I was like, Jesus Christ. He is the man. He figured that out by looking at that little ass nub. There's another question. Somebody said, somebody asked if I was going to do any vlogs. I, I hit on that a little earlier in the video. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I love doing vlogs. I plan on always doing them. Uh, to some fashion, I think you feel the same way about vlogs, Taylor. You, it's just whether or not it fits in, right? Like there's times where I'm doing a lot of other projects that don't really work well with vlogging and I'm spending a lot of time here shooting and editing and I'm not doing anything exciting that a vlog would be fun. So for me, um, I I have been trying to do them. I mean, he's not asking me, I know that, but I just, well, yeah, I just but, have I mean, to say I'm really bad at making them. <laughs> right. Like I, I enjoy it. 
it's a different kind of thing, a vlog, man. It's different than doing some kind of product. Well, I won't call it a review because we talked both earlier about how we don't really like to call it reviews, but um, it's different than doing a product video, uh, doing a vlog. It's very fluid and movie and that's what I like about it is it's very different than my standard content. And I enjoy the, the change. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, uh, a lot of times I don't, especially with Corona going on, I'm well, not doing anything. What me, am I going to vlog me sitting what here? What I've editing? learned is that I am not good at it. I'm not good at it. Oh, you are. Your vlogs are fine. No. Dude, some of the ones you did where you went in and did the, just, um, the shit. I know. I'm fun. just saying I forget to hit record a lot, you know, like I'm, I'm just, Oh dude, I do that. I do that shit all dude, this. I'm not good at like <laughs> staying on top of that. And I tend to talk a lot. And, and one thing that Peter has taught me is show more, say less. And I am so fucking bad right. at that. <laughs> dude, you I'm so bad at that. I'm the long wind. Do you know? How, and it's funny, dude, I get these comments that crack me up. Like a lot of people say longer videos, Jeremy, longer videos. We want longer videos. Cause a lot of guys like sit and smoke a cigar and whatever. And then I have other people that are like, you long winded bag of fucking wind, shut the hell up and get to the point. And I'm like, well, goddamn, how do I make both people Just happy? Make what you want. Some people are saying, Shh. but and well, and that's, that's what I've yeah. kind of come to do. Like I just make the videos. If you don't like it, then there's another YouTuber out there for mm. you, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I feel like saying that to people sometimes I'm like, if you don't like it, just move the when, fuck on. When somebody like, complains to me about the length of, of my videos or how much I talk, I always say YouTube has a two X watch like playback function, either use it or go watch somebody else. <laughs> right. It's like, dude, why They're complain? Like, stretch like, in so your other people so you out can there. get that extra ad playing in the middle of your video. And I'm like, no, I always make the videos how long I feel like they should be made. If I was trying to stretch my videos, they would be like 10 minutes and five seconds, not 25 minutes. <laughs> well, not to mention now YouTube it's only, eight, yeah. you only have to have like an eight minute video. I mean, shit, you don't have to stretch it very far. Uh, by the time I get through my fucking intro and roll my intro thing, eight minutes, is in, I'm fucking like, I'll be editing and I'm, I roll the intro. And I, by the time I get to the point, I'm at like five minutes and I'm like, Oh Jesus Christ, dude, this is going to be a long. So <laughs> I've started getting really quick into my videos. Cause that's been a problem that I've had for a long time. Like some of the EDC weeklies, I would do the intro, but in the intro, I do all the community announcements and stuff too. So my intros would be like five, six minutes long. Sometimes and everybody complains about it. And I'm like, it's not just an intro. I'm also giving community announcements. It's a community show. It just makes sense to do it here because if I put it at the end, nobody gets it. And then I get all the questions. So I put it at the beginning, either watch it or skip it. Like it's not that hard, but now right. I've just, my, yeah, my intros are like 30 seconds to a minute long now. Oh dude, hit that. That's a Michael, uh, gone. I can't oh boy. see that far until you I blow. No, I have no Michael idea where you are. Gone. Gonzalez. Is it Gonzalez? it's toward the bottom. This, He's one of the newer, uh, there it is. We, we kind of touched on this earlier, Michael, uh, why not review things you don't like? Why only review, uh, what you is it because of money? No, it's not. It's because of time. Like I'm not going to waste my time or the user's time reviewing something. I don't like, like I only put the stuff on my channel that I enjoy and I feel like other people would benefit from right. It, like, right? There's plenty of, there's plenty of other channels out there that like review everything that comes out good, bad, or indifferent. That's just not my thing. I, it's not because of money because that it doesn't change. But also mind. you uh, if, cover a lot of different topics. So if you tried to review everything you would have, Oh dude, I'd be right. And that's, that's kind of the thing for me. It's overwhelming to think about all the new products coming out. Imagine 
if I reviewed every new Civivi knife, every new Wii knife, every new artisan cutlery knife, every new CRJB, Benchmade, Spyderco, like they're like, bro, with what you cover, there's no, no. way you could. You would have to make 13 videos yeah. a day. So, <laughs> like, there's so many new knives. There's impossible. So that's why I started doing these brand features, is what I call them. And it's I take eight ProTech knives and I talk about ProTech and then show off some of the the options they have and say what I like about right. them and some of the things that sometimes I don't like about them. And I mean, even right. then I talked about it in the last podcast, like I try my best to be as thorough as possible and get everything right. And I still fuck it up all the time. I fucked that pro tech video up so many different ways. Like it just, it is what it is. Dude, but I like, I don't videos. have the time, the wherewithal, like I have, no capability to just review anything and everything. So I try to stick with stuff I like. I seek out the brands that I really, really like, and I try to give them the platform. So I use what I've built as a platform for people. So I really, like, I get zero money from this, but I really mm. love shouting out a small maker. It is one of my mm, favorite things great, to it's, do. It's, I make nothing I for, love- for it. Like, usually... Uh, like the cave leather company video, he tried to pay me. He was like, dude, you've made my sales go up so much. I, I owe you. What can I do? Can I pay you? And I was like, no, don't pay me. I just wanted to give you a little shout out because I like your products. And right. that happens so much. And it's great to be able to help those smaller guys get the name yeah. out there, man. Cause it can, it can make their month or their year even, or their, their company, right. By getting a little exposure. There we go. There, right? Short barrel rifle. Yes. I know it was the short blade rock eye. <laughs> I talked about that one last week. Oh, by the way, I've seen, <laughs> but yeah, like I've seen quite a few people say they like the coffee blind. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. Glad you guys enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun. I had the wife in the video. Yeah, did, did you see that video? Did. It's the only video of yours it, that I've ever watched. Uh, was <laughs> it's that? the only video of yours I've ever watched. I, no, no. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It was a good one to watch because she makes it a little easier to watch. You don't have to stare at my ugly butt all the time, but, um, yeah, dude, it's fun. I heard saw people come to see you're looser. You know, that's kind of what like goes back to quickly what me and Taylor were talking about, right? Is sitting in a room by yourself looking down the barrel of a lens, you try to be as genuine as you possibly can. And I feel like I do a decent job at it, but you're never a hundred percent yourself. You do so much better than ha- me. Unless you have somebody else, another human in there to to interact with, right? So uh, both of the last two videos I did one, my wife was off camera, but in the room cause she poured the whiskey for me. So I wouldn't know what was what. And the other, she was actually on camera cause she likes coffee also. And both of those, it's so much easier to be yourself because you have somebody to riff. Yeah. With. Well, you're so, so I'm, I'm we, glad you guys enjoyed it. We enjoyed we've talked about this a lot. You're so much better at joking and being just kind of loose in front of the camera. And it's funny because I've been doing this for so much longer. Right. But as soon as I see that, that little red blinking light, Dude, I turn into a fucking robot and I'm like, get this done. And a lot of the time it's, I don't think you, I think you're good. I, you, you, you're definitely not as loose. Like when right, you or talk, even here. you're a much funnier guy, but I don't think you're robotic. I think you're great on camera. I, I don't think you're quite as loose as you are naturally, but I don't think, I think anybody I'm is right. Fluid like on camera. I don't mess up a ton. Like right. I mess up some. I think you're, I think you're far more fluid well, than I, I am. mean, that, I think that uh, comes with doing it for so long, but right. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, Alec Bradley, uh, go fuck yourself. Sorry. He said, why not review whistle pig? He was <laughs> fucking dogging me because he knows I hate that garbage shit. <laughs> he had, he's throwing a little jab out there. Sorry. Go ahead. I just had to respond to that before he, uh, 
got too far in the, and I lost it. <laughs> I was just it. saying, I think I feel pretty comfortable in front of the camera. I can talk pretty naturally, but I just don't joke. And I think it's because I need that physical person there to joke with. I've done a few videos with my buddy Jabin with him behind the cameras. And when he's there, did I give him shit and I'm, I'm loose and I'm enjoying it. And that's one yeah. of those reasons that I've said many, many times is that I want someone to work with me on stuff because it's just that riffing factor. Like I can riff with the person behind the camera and have fun. And if there's, if they're not there, I'm just going to be like, here are the fucking facts. Let's get this over with. Also, yep. it's 90 fucking degrees in here. My taint fans not on. So, <laughs> you know, like, so. Look, barrel, barrel and blend just said it's like drinking grass clippings. Thank you. Barrel and blend. That is exactly what whistle pigs like. You want to taste what whistle pig tastes like. Go out and mow your grass. Get, get, go buy some whiskey. Go out, mow your grass, then throw those grass clippings in a cup. Let it marinate like fucking tea for about uh, four or five hours. Then strain that grass out and drink it. That's what whistle pig wow. tastes like. Uh, Kyle, I don't know how to say that, says, Taylor, if you had someone picking up the picks and editing everything into a doc that'd be easy to read, would you bring back the EDC Weekly as a weekly thing? I've been trying for a long time, and it's not necessarily the picking out and, and all of that. The biggest problem with the EDC Weekly has always been the edit. Uh and and I got and I've talked about this with Jeremy a lot. I got into a, a mindset where I hated editing fucking everything. Oh, dude, I, God, I hated it so much <laughs> because funny, what happened? We talked about this. I, we talked about this, and you were like, "Dude, I can't do the EDC weeklies anymore, man. I'm so fucking over it." And I'm like, "Dude, but people love that shit. That's like one of your most popular things. You can't stop. You're gonna fucking I piss know. everybody off." He's like. But it's such a fucking pain so in the ass. So what happened is I just got so tired of editing every single video because my old desktop was slow. It was getting pretty old. My MacBook with an eGPU just couldn't handle it. And part of that problem, you're going to run into this, I think you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, is that the Sony codec, mm -hmm. the Sony cameras accord into a codec that is not made for editing. So when you put it into a video yeah, editor, you, gotta transcode that shit. You, you need to transcode it into another format or something because it just bogs everything down. But the problem I was running into mm -hmm. is that with the MacBook and the eGPU, if I tried to transcode it like ProRes or something, I'm all of my videos, I'm doing three angles and 4K and they're like an hour of footage each. And it would take like nine hours to transcode. And it's just... Oh, it's such a slog. Um, but even just the EDC weekly, like the biggest thing for me was the editing. Like I would hit spacebar in premiere to try to play and move that, that scrub, whatever your, I don't know what you would call it. Just try to move the timeline forward so I can make an edit and it would lag like six seconds. So the audio is playing but the video's not. So I'd pause it, roll it back and hit it again. And it would do it again. And I'd, I'd have to do that like five or six times just to get the, the playhead Trent transcoder proxies man one of the other i, prefer I used to do proxies, proxies and it would still have the same issue so it, it was just this thing where for god a year and a half every single video edit was a goddamn nightmare just hated mm -hmm. it and now like i'm just coded my brain is just like I, i'm forced to think that these edits are going to be horrible but like the video I did on Monday, I came in, I shot it, I had it edited in an hour and a half. It was so easy. And that is one of the benefits of putting $4,000 into a computer. I can now edit easily. So now it's more of like a, a time constraint tool. 
or not tool, a time constraint. I've read tool as I was saying, uh, it's just a time constraint thing that, and I feel like the EDC weekly for me just got a little long in the tooth because I've done to date, like 90 episodes of it. So sorry, people are asking about this. So I thought I would, yeah, your little nubbin tool. That's what I, my nubbin it's, it's a cigar nubber. This one's this particular one's called the Modus Two. Uh, it's a pretty cool little tool. Uh, who asked that? Somebody asked it. I was trying oh, to call no, them out. Steve real quick. said he had one. Steve had one. Somebody else asked. Someone uh, called it a roach uh, clip. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> it's it. You know why they call a roach clip a roach clip? Because potholder was already taken. Oh, dad joke of the uh, night. Come on, bring it. Uh, <laughs> um, no. It's a nubbin tool, right? So this one's uh, called a modus. And the cool thing about it is it's got these two really sharp prongs on the end, right? So that prongs, did I say prongs? Prongs is a fucking trunk, uh, <laughs> that you can, that you can stick into uh, and nub. If you're a, a, a big fan of a cigar and you want to smoke it down, Alec Bradley, by the way, shout out. This thing's great. Um, so it's got a cap that goes on it. This thing's about the size of a cigar. So you can put it down like a cigar case or whatnot, but it's got this cap comes off and there's a nubber on one end. And then on the other end, you can unscrew it and there's a draw tool. So you can, if you're having draw issues. You can, um, pull out the, uh, the old plug. And then on the end here, there is a little, this fucking thing should have got a Sony. There is a little, yeah, no, <laughs> on the end here, there's a little, uh, um, punch punch tool. Um, so yeah, so it's like a little three in one tool. Uh, pretty cool. The draw tool does not work as good as like the perfect draw tool. The perfect draw tool is actually my favorite draw tool, but this is a nice little three in one that you could just have around and it basically has anything you need other than fire. To oh, smoke since we are, uh, and, building questions and comments right now, I should read Alex's text message. This was from 30 minutes ago. She said, it's me. I'm the business guy. I say that. Uh, that was in response to what you said about the the bigger space, where like the business guy would be like, "This is a good thing because you can just work this much more and and you know make this much more money in offset." I mean, I've heard business guys say that. I I I don't know if all of them would, but I've definitely heard business guys with the whole like, "Yeah, you have to invest money to make money" kind of thing. Um, it just it depends, you know who. Yeah. You talk so to. well, Alex is I like, am, Get the I am space. a more conservative. I'm more of a conservative. Um, Kind of oh, person. I'm. I, I, I tend mean, to be like I'm. I've been coming up on this issue for a while now. I mean, look, I'm podcasting right now. You can see the glisten on my face. It's like 82 in here right now. Oh, I hear. It, dude. Uh, Somebody said, "Don't burn your mustache." That is exactly when I know a good cigar. It's time for the cigar to be put down. When I start hearing sizzling because I'm starting to singe, that's also how I trim my mustache around here. No need to trim your mustache. Just smoke cigars down, and it'll burn off any <laughs> any little uh, extras you got, and then uh, you know it's good. What you got there? Oh, you got some more of that, uh, dude. I think I've had about three or four pours of this. This uh, I just wanted to, to switch well, to a rye, just to to taste the difference from the nineteen twenty. Mm, um, a rye. Yeah, I'm not gonna do a big pour. Just a little bit. Just wanna. Randall Randall Oak says, "Just use a corn holder, dude. I use those all the time." Um, this is a little nicer because it's got Dude, a longer handle, just use so you a can kind of hold it a little bit better. Just pull your knife out and yeah, you can't. It won't. It doesn't want to stay on there, and then it gets air leaks sometimes. The thing that's so nice about these is they're such small little things that you don't get air leaks. Um, but yeah, I mean, in a pinch, you can definitely use a knife. 
Um, what other questions we got? Jeremy, what flavors do you get going right now? Looks like you're enjoying the shit out of that nub. Right now, honestly, as most cigars, when you get this low, you're getting into those super dark kind of bitter flavors. Your black coffees, um, black coffee. I'm trying to think of what other flavors you get toward the end there right now. Mainly like bitter black coffee, espresso kind of shit. It get most cigars when you get this low, you're going to get a lot of bitter flavors. I don't mind that. I'm an espresso guy. I drink espresso and stuff. So I a lot of people say when they get hot and they get low like this, they don't like smoking them anymore. I just look at it as like a different section of the cigar. But most all cigars will go a little 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 bitter toward the end because I mean there's a lot of built up residue at this point that's burning and tar and stuff and. It's a little hot at this point, so it doesn't tend to be the smoothest thing in the world when you get down this low, but they're good. Uh, Joe Bergman says, Taylor, any thought on purchasing a commercial loan for a small multi-tenant retail building for a possible studio to subsidize your space? Holy shit. Uh, No. (laughs) One, my business has like zero credit, so that would not fly. Um, that uh, That would be a big purchase. It'd be great if I could manage something like that, but nah. Uh, pumpernickel bread. Sorry. Somebody asked me about flavors and then I, I wasn't paying attention to the flavors cause I was just kind of smoking. So then I was kind of thinking that last puff to give somebody some, fla- I'm, I'm getting pumpernickel bread. Does anybody know what pumpernickel bread tastes uh, like? I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, someone asks, I'm getting about my headphones. These are audio technica AT, AT, ATX. No, ATH 50 X's. Oh yeah. Those are the go-tos man. They're good reference headphones. They're they're not real good for music like low end and stuff, but they're good like neutral yeah, reference but headphones. Pro tip: get the uh, felt cups for them. They're much much better than. Yeah, dude, those leather ones. Leather make ones you are sweat, awful. Bro. They dry and crack and <sighs> stuff like that. And then one more, I, I have to choose this because Brandon says go check out the memes channel in the Discord. I've been working on that for the last hour. <laughs> I guarantee you it's see probably it? good. Uh, put a lot. I gotta hide this. Ardbeg taint <laughs> fan, natural color, non uh, non chilled, filtered, extra salty, cooling your wee BC since twenty twenty. <laughs> dude, that is the best thing I've seen in a hot minute, dude. He's got you on a kilt with a whiskey, not dude. That is fucking fantastic. Who did that? Uh, Brandon Brandon Hartman. Hartman, you're a fucking cooling legend, my your wee you're beastie that since twenty twenty. Wow, it's got. Why has he got to call? Why has he got to call your beastie wee? <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it has beastie in it though. That kind of makes up <laughs> for it a little awesome. bit. Uh, here's a good one. Since we were not uh, supposed to talk about watches, first time caller, long time listener, what do you guys think about Breitling? <laughs> uh, I actually like a few, few Breitlings. Brightlings I like I, the, the one Pete has. I, I oh, I'm not. I don't want to talk about what watches he has. That but, one's a little um, aggressive for me. I, I do dig Breitling. That one's a little big. What's that? Pete's is a little big and aggressive for me. Um, that he has the Avenger, but I, I, like, I like the Navi Timer a lot. Navi Timer's nice. It's got that like super coiny, like little. There's like little BBs around the bezel, right? It's like that little. Doesn't that, isn't that the one that has like the real showy of, bezel? Here, I'll just right lean Navi. There are a lot of different Navi Timers. They have a a wide selection. Sir Knight EDC says later guys going to bed. Good night, my brother. All right. So when I say I like the Navi timer, I like, uh, 
do like a panda. Yeah, see, that's got that crazy bezel on it. It's got all them little like little nubbins on it. But some of uh, them, some of them are nubbins. pretty busy. That's a fucking crazy busy. See, that's got too much shit. I couldn't even tell time on that fucking thing. <laughs> that's because your eyesight's going. Well, no, dude, that's not understand. I see some of these, these like, and usually it's more like, I would say almost fashion-y watches that have like no, nothing oh, yeah. on them. It's just a fucking blank dial. And I'm like, what's the point in that? You know how hard it is to be accurate about what time it is with that shit? There's nothing on there. There's no numbers. There's no dial. There's no indices. There's nothing. It's just a fucking blank dial. I'm like, what good is that? Uh, Jeremy, have you ever tried Ezra? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think I have tried those incredible, unique blend. You should review them. Huh? I'll look for them. I don't think I've ever, um, I don't think I've ever seen that Ezra's Zion. I think is how that said. Oh, I think I've ever had it. Where am I ready to go? Oh, by the way, uh, Taylor, uh, AB is in here and he said, um, I like vintage Navi timer. Check it out. I think I told you about him. He is a big vintage watch guy. He, 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 dude, he sent me a picture of, I think it was, I forgot what it was. A, was it a, I forgot what watch it was that he sent me a picture of, but dude, the patina on that thing, patina, patina, patina. Uh, you gotta, say it about right 20 well, more times. Cause we got to get people caught up. Dude. But the patina on that watch he sent me a picture of was that is the one good thing about antique watches, dude. Some of them age really well and they look really cool once they get some patina on them. But that's why he's a big fan of those watches. The uh, Randall Oak says, I was always told no one cares. Work harder. Always have has been a quote that drives me. That's a good quote. Dude, it's true. Uh, I think uh, Cam Haynes, he's a big, big fan of that quote. No one cares. Work harder. Like, don't, don't want to hear your fucking whining. Just, just, just keep, get, get after it. Uh, Noah Malinowski says, what watch was it that I was looking to get on it? Had a bubble looking cover and a leather strap. So you were talking about the young hands, young hands, max bill. I can type max bill chronoscope. I cannot type at all. Wow. I'll blame it on the whiskey. Uh, Young's Young Hands Max Bill Chronoscope is the the watch we're talking about here. Just a second. Oh, that is not what I want. I'm trying to look at these comments. See this damn. It was a 50 Seamaster. He sent me a picture of. It was dope. So that's the one I was talking about. It's definitely a a bubble oh, on your wrist. You're a you're a fan of the Young yeah, Hands. Yeah, I love. I like Bauhaus watches. Very yeah. simple. Very, very minimalistic styling. It's a certain design uh, is just young, uh, not young hands. Uh, Bauhaus. It's a German aesthetic. I think starting to hear some crackling. I think this one's about as low as I can get it. Just so you guys can see where I normally smoke a good cigar to. I usually smoke it to about there. Sometimes I get it a little lower, but usually about there. That's usually where I about call it a day because it starts burning my lips and singeing my mustache and shit. And it's usually time to uh, this Prisado. Prisado? Prinsado. Prinsado? Prinsado. It was good. So, Tasty. So Very someone nice says, where is it? Ed Meyer says, you guys a fan of vintage micarta. Let me just show you something really quickly. This is... Uh, I don't know that I've ever even seen vintage micarta. I know I like micarta because patina, patina, <laughs> patina. There we go. I got a few more in for you, Taylor. Um, I like the way it, it looks as it ages and, and gets that patina, patina, patina on it. But um, I don't know that I've ever seen vintage. Has it been around long enough that you can call it vintage? 
Is micarta like an old thing? I thought that was a fairly so new thing. It's is it basically making micarta out of a vintage canvas. Right, so you get a different look out of it. So here is huh. a Ware Knives knife, a custom that Matt is making for me. Uh, it's not oh, finished, but that, that okay. nice, like, uh, I don't even know how to explain it. But that, oh. that right there is vintage micarta. And it okay. looks so okay. good. I have to nice. That does look really good. Switch away that so we can get another really, view really of this. Uh, Joe says, "Can we expect a video of five? Uh, Joe, I don't, I don't know. They didn't include me on that. And while I could do uh, five videos for every occasion, they wouldn't mind. We're friends, so I'm sure they'd be fine with it. Um, they didn't tag me, so to speak. So I, I don't know. Maybe I won't say no, but I won't say yes either." Yeah, dude, that looks, oh, dude, that one is fucking ridiculous. I don't care about the micarta. I mean, don't get me wrong, that micarta is dope, but like the micarta, the color of that with that acid etched blade and whatnot, get the so, fuck out of here, dude. That thing is next So level. I picked this config. Uh, Matt said, how do you want me to make this knife? And I, I picked everything, and this is this is what I came up with, man. That's a good one, too. I like the That's other the other better, side. Though. I'm not going to lie, dude. I like is it? Then why does the blade just, shape look different? Right here is just, it, it blends in with the concrete. Oh, okay. Because I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, that one looks like a rhino horn on the end. The other one didn't look like yeah, that on the end. it's just the angle um, and the lighting. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, Davis Wallace, David Wallace in the house. I'm just kidding. It's David, David isn't it? Buddy. But it's David Wallace. <laughs> David uh, Wallace yeah, in the there, house, I mean, everybody. you can see it's just that swedge. Yeah, there's this. Well, that's what I thought it was, right? But from that other angle, it was blending in, and it looked kind of curved on the tip, and I didn't dig that as much. That I really like. Um, yeah, I've been I've been waiting yeah, on this that for is, a long time. He he told me so. What happened? And this is one of those things where I made zero dollars from this. Uh, Matt, if you're not familiar with Matt Where Wearwine, um, he used to be a professional knife modder under EDC Alabama. And I made a video on him. We talked about it for a long time. Oh yeah. I remember he did, he did your PM2. copper uh, PM. Yeah. So I, yeah, I did yeah, a video yeah. on his mods a long time ago. And <laughs> the funny thing is like he got, so his whole point in, in doing the mods was to try to like kickstart his custom knife making business. And I did this video on his knife mods and he got so much business from that video that he closed his books and immediately started transitioning into being a full-time knife maker, which is an amazing story. It's awesome. That's awesome. Um, but it's that's, so funny because awesome. everybody, I mean, that video still gets views and people are like, he's not doing mods anymore. What, uh, what do I do now? Uh, to answer that <sighs> question, EDC Gearhouse also does great mods, but um, anyway, Matt, like, he paid me nothing for that. I didn't ask for anything. It was just, I think he does good work and I wanted to showcase it. So I did and it kickstarted his business. And he said, as a thank you, I want to make you a knife when I go full time. And, uh, he went full time at the beginning of August and he's, he immediately started working on my knife. He had, he ran into some issues with this one. So he's finishing it, but still, like I told him, I was like, you do not have to do that. That's way too nice. Way, way too nice. But, that's awesome. He, Dude, that, that's a, that is a and he, sweet He basically knife. said, sweet. if you don't tell me what you want, I'll just make you something and send it anyway, so you better tell me what you want. So I came up with this config, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it turned out so far. 
pretty happy mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm one. super excited for it to come in. That's that's my next cigar. I'm gonna light up real quick. Thing will focus that quick. That is an agonorsal. That's a f- fat looking cigar. Tough. Well, that's why I, I'm because after we get down with the podcast, I'm gonna watch a little TV for a little bit before I go to bed. So this is gonna be my finisher for the night. This is an ag- I think this was called like a dark pretzel or something. It was in the a uh, Pravada cigar club box back a little bit ago. Uh, somebody asked me a question about uh, my concealed carry, Nick S, because uh, of how hot it is. Uh, the heat is a real factor with that, man, um, which is why I went to um, a, uh, oh, my God, brain fart, the fucking little bitty Ruger LCP. Uh, I started carrying, it's a 380, which isn't probably the most you know powerful round in the world. But it's really small. You can get a clip for the gun itself so that it just clips into your pants so I don't have to wear a holster or anything. Uh, it's a polymer gun, so you know, sweating on it's not the end of the world as long as you keep it clean. Um, you know, oil it up occasionally and clean it and stuff. And then I can just, even if I'm wearing like board shorts because it's just hot as balls in Florida and sometimes that's all you can stomach to wear is a t-shirt and some board shorts, you can just clip that thing inside your pants without a holster or belt or anything. And it's super light and the best carry is the one you have on you, right? So people are like, oh, you're carrying a 380. Well, I'd rather carry a 380 than it, a 45, not carrying it because it's too hot. You know, it doesn't do me any good if it's at home in the drawer. So that's my opinion. A Glock 43 is a great one. I actually, if somebody just listed that, I, that's one that I've thought about purchasing. I don't have a 43. I do have a full size 45 Glock. Mm. I don't remember the number of it off the top of my head. I have a. It's a huge ass gun though. I ain't no carrying that thing a, in board shorts. That motherfucker is a I saw brick. A really good Glock meme the other day. And I don't know I don't know if I can even find it. It was about the number schemes on Glocks. Yeah, dude, they're they're weird. I can't remember what the full size forty five caliber, forty five ACP Glock, what number it is. I have it downstairs in my gun room, too. You'd think I'd remember, but I can't. God, I wish I could find this. Let me see if I can really quickly. Probably can't. The guy that posted it posts like 8,000 times a day, but we're, we're going to try. Get a car, CP. Yeah, uh, some of the cars are nice. Dude, I, as far as like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of like ultra compact handguns. I don't really want like a ton of them in my collection because I just, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, I have the LCP because, you know, like I said, it's it has the clip capability of just clipping it down in my pants. I've thought about getting a, a Glock um, as just a secondary. But other than that, I'm more a fan of more full-size handguns. There's a lot more fun to shoot. My favorite's a 1911, man. I love I have a Kimber 1911. I have a Smith & Wesson 1911. I love a good 1911, man. Trigger pull on those things is nice and crisp and short and light. I think my, my Smith & Wesson has about a three-pound trigger. Light as shit. Nice. Uh, Kimber nine, micro nine. People are talking about that. Walther allows 10 to 15 and yeah. Nighthawk only gun. <laughs> the only gun I got is my fist. He says, God, I wish I could find this, but he posts so many things. Um, and I think he just shared it from somebody else on Facebook, but it was this long description about the history of Glock well, numbers, he, but, but it was, well, there's a guy on here saying that it has something to do with the related to the patent number. That's why they're weird. Yeah. 
So that could yeah, be. They're that. all over the place. Like I've never been able to understand them. Yeah, they're they're definitely. I, that's why I can't remember them half the time. I'm like, we're talking about like, hold on, the uh, caliber with the numbers and how they're all just sort of fucked up. Yeah, it, there's no rhyme or reason to it that I've ever been able to discern. It's just kind of, which is why I can't ever. Dude, I've remember been scrolling them. for like, um, I don't even know how long since I said I was going to look this up, and I'm still only at yesterday. Oh my god, this guy posts way too much. If I do find it, I gotta, I gotta block his name. Running out of <laughs> gas again. That's the. I will say that's the only problem with Zippo butane lighters. Jet. Now my Zippo soft flame butane doesn't run out as quick, and the Zippo with normal Zippo fluid will last a good amount. But when you got a little a, a Zippo jet, um, you do have to refill them pretty frequently because there's just not a lot of capacity there. But I will. I will forgo a little extra capacity for the awesomeness of a Zippo. Update. I gave up. I love. <laughs> it was just too many. I scrolled for a good like four minutes and uh, I was on August 31st. So I, this, was, this was like two weeks ago. There's no way I was ever going to find it. But yeah, um, you know, see, uh, concealed carry is an interesting topic and you know, maybe that's something we'll cover one day. I know Taylor doesn't carry per se, so it might not be the most fun topic for him to cover, but, um, and it's not the most YouTube friendly thing, but it's probably something we'll cover at some point just because that is a, a pretty extensive situation. So many opinions on it though, man. I personally like smaller. I used to carry full size 1911 as my concealed carry, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, I can still a sawed off shotgun. Uh, Thunderbird is making their own Zippo style lighter. Yeah, dude, fuck Thunderbird and their Zippo style lighters. Uh, Go Zippo. I do have the Thunderbird insert though. I will say I use their inserts, but I prefer sticking with the good old USA to made. Flip Zippo. that around. Zippo is now making Thunderbird style inserts for Zippos. <laughs> so, well, they, they I think they started out making inserts, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Making in- insert. And then I have seen, I think they make their own Zippo-ish lighter now, right? So it looks like a That is like a very Zippo. good point. I don't um, carry yet. Now, there's a couple things we're going to get Taylor on. Cigars. Can I, can I vent one of my frustrations, though? Uh, one of my biggest frustrations is when I get comments on my YouTube channel saying, it can't be EDC if you don't have a gun, then it's kind of useless, and it's... Oh, well, that's just fucking somebody. It's fucking dumb. But do you know how many of those comments? I get several of those a day. And oh, I'm sure you do. And the thing is, like, fucking stop. It's not normal to the rest of the world to carry a gun. It's only an American thing. And everyday carry is not just an American thing. It's it's everybody. Like, everybody has a carry. And and it just drives me crazy. Well, and I think it's unfair to say that. If you're a college student, your everyday carry is what you carry every day. If you're a college student and every day you're in college classes, you can't carry a fucking gun. So, I mean, your everyday carry is not going to include a firearm or it probably shouldn't because you're probably going to get yourself in some trouble carrying a gun on campus. So, I mean, it's still your everyday carry. It does not have to have a gun to be an everyday carry. That is a ignorant comment. My everyday carry includes right. a gun, but here, let me be honest about that. My everyday carry does not include a gun. Okay. Because, I don't leave the house every day. I don't walk around with a gun tucked in my waist when at you home. Do leave, now, if you I got leave, a if gun I, and you're wearing a if, mask and you're basically holding up it, liquor stores. 
<laughs> right. If I leave the house, I for sure have a gun. Anytime I leave my house, I have a gun. 100% of the time, never fails. Doesn't matter where I'm going, what I'm doing. If I'm going to my fucking parents' house, I've still got my gun. My friends used to fuck with me about that because I'd come to their house and I had my gun. They're like, dude, you were just coming over here. You're at my house. Why did you need your gun? I'm like, I don't leave my house without it. Okay, shut the fuck up. Deal with it. But when I'm at home, I don't. So, I mean, my everyday carry every day does not consist of a firearm. So, suck it. Uh, Completely, totally unrelated, but this is something I saw and sort of related to what I was talking about earlier. Spent uh, about, it wasn't $4,000 I spent on this computer. It was closer to like $3,400. Um, a thousand of that was for the GPU, right? NVIDIA 2080. Oh, wow. About a, that's, that's a yeah. beast though, right? Uh, today, NVIDIA announced a new GPU, which outperforms it. And it's not a thousand dollars. It's not over a thousand dollars. It's $400. So this very expensive GPU I bought actually just sold. I just saw a tweet pop up on my phone. Uh, they're selling on the market now for $400. So three months after I bought it, it went from a thousand to four hundred dollars. Wonderful, great. (laughs) Oh, Alec. By the way, uh, depends on what insert you're talking about. There, there are two inserts I have. I have a Zippo insert that is, and it's running out of fluid right now. But I have a Zippo inflert that uh, inflert. I fucking cannot talk most of the time. I know it's a real struggle for me, which is why I which is why I have to edit so much. it's a, a double jet. So it's like a double jet style clicker, you know, typical cigar kind of lighter insert. And then there is a, is it this one? No, that's the, no, that's it. This one is a Thunderbird. It's a soft flame insert. So it's still butane, but it has a soft flame, like a kind of a normal. Can, Zippo I, can I just say that I situation. feel like, you know, they're old, like people used to have those giant propane tanks outside their houses. Like I did when I was a kid, I had a big mm-hmm. propane tank. Um, Because we didn't have natural gas. And I I just feel like Jeremy Mm -hmm. has a big tank of butane outside. (laughs) Dude, I do keep a big, pretty big tank of butane around just because I go through a lot of butane. It's not that big, though. It's not like a fucking propane tank in your grill size or anything. It's it's the big can of Zycar. uh, It's hard to find butane. It's a pretty good size. It is. I have a local cigar See, shop that I get it from. Uh, you can order it on Amazon, I, strangely enough. I was driving um, around when I got my Thunderbird insert for the Zippo. I was looking for butane. I went to Walmart and a bunch of different places. You can't get it there. You have to go to Walgreens. The only place locally that I can mm-hmm. find butane. So weird. You would think they You would think they have it at like well, I, Lowe's and hardware stores and stuff, but they do not. No. Well, I think they have pro- oh, little yeah. cans of propane and stuff at Home Depot and stuff and nap gas and all that stuff. Is it a nap? I think it's nap. Is it nap or map? Maybe it's map gas. I, it I don't know, map? but you're having a conversation with yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I just can't remember. It's nap. I think, I think it burns hotter than, than propane for, for different torching. I think it, yeah, I don't know if it's map or anyway, I'm, I'm spiraling. All right. I'm spiraling Last question uh, from Mr. Nuclear nuts. <laughs> Would you guys ever consider buying a replica of a watch that was way out of your price range? A replica? No, but something that's more of an homage and pays homage to something else. Yeah. So this obviously is very much an homage to the Rolex Explorer two with the GMT hand and everything. It, it's just an Explorer to homage, but it's, it's very much its own watch. It has its own design cues. It does not look the same. It just has similar features. Um, 
then when you get to a brand like Steinhardt, who just all they do is literally direct copy everything, uh, that, no, I wouldn't own that. But I'm happy owning things that draw design cues from other watches. That's fine. But what was the question again, Taylor? I'm sorry, you took it down. Uh, would we ever oh. buy something like a replica of a watch we couldn't afford? Okay, here's an interesting thing. Okay. No and yes. No, because I don't like the idea of trying to pawn off something as something that it's not. I think that's disingenuous, right? And plus, I think the person that invented and made that watch deserves that credit. And a lot of these knockoff companies, like I just I don't I don't I don't like the whole idea of taking somebody else's idea doing the exact same thing and then making money off somebody else's thing. Exactly. Like, I think it's a little shitty. I will say there is one instance that I, a buddy of mine does it and I actually have one because he sent me one to to try out and I get where he's coming from. He is a guy who buys very expensive watches. He buys 20, 30, $40,000 watches. He regularly buys super clones of those watches to wear them make sure he likes the way it feels on his wrist, make sure everything's good because these super clones are really good. I mean, some of these super clones, you would almost have to go to a dealer for them to tell the difference between the super clone and the, and he will buy that as a kind of test run before he drops 30 grand on a watch. I get that aspect of it, right? If I'm going to drop that much on a watch, I get like, I want to make sure I like it before I drop that much. But he then buys that watch as long as he likes it. So it's not like he's trying to pawn it off of something it's not, or he's not supporting the maker of the original thing because he does get it. He uses it as kind of a See, I test run. understand so that, that, and I can't really knock that, but at the same time, you're putting money into the pockets of the brand that stole the design, and that part sure, I'm not a fan of. sure. I get it. No. And that's why I said, I get both sides. Like I don't, but I do, I get where he's coming from because he's like, dude, that's a lot of money on a watch. Like if I'm going to drop 30 G's on a watch, I want to make sure. Right. And it's not like you can go buy uh, AP, wear it for a week, decide you don't like it right. and take it back. That, that doesn't work. You know? So I get where he's coming from. I do hate supporting those people. I agree with you. It's a little like, eh, but yeah, nevertheless, uh, for me, that's my for thought. Me, I would not, personally buy a knockoff uh and if it was a very close homage i'd be a little hesitant like there's a i I love the speedmaster and there's a dan henry that's very close to the 1964 dan henry is very close to a speedmaster and Mm -hmm. two reasons i didn't buy it is because it's a little too on the nose and also it's a quartz watch and uh yeah, and you know, for that matter, I don't even like the homage. Homage is it homage or homage? Same word, different pronunciation. I don't even like those when they're too right. close, right? Like, there's a lot of watches that are basically an homage to another watch, right? There are a lot of watches out there that are well, like your 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 Submariner sub homage. It is, yeah, really. I I don't see the sub in there. Yeah, at all. I mean, just like a just. Like I mean, a black I know there are definitely like, a black bay. Well, is look for at the sure sub next to sub an, like a black bay next to an or sixty five. Like it definitely is a sub homage. 
but my point is, I guess, is if it's too close, it right. starts. So getting a that's weird, what I'm saying. Is right? like the orange is an homage, but it is its own watch. Like that bronze right. bezel. If, and, if it pulls some styling cues, it pulls some styling cues, but it's its own thing. Then that's okay. But like that one company makes the ones, and it's basically a one for one replica, but they put a different name. What's that brand with the octopus? Uh, Foibos, Phoebus, whatever. Yeah, Foibos or whatever. They make those sub. They make those sub homages that are. I mean, it's a fucking sub. It's a sub with an octopus on it right. instead of a crown. And, like, and it's like, like a, it's a the sub. Islanders, like, right? So the Islander watches from Long right. Island Watch. Uh, they are basically Seikos, like 007s, but with all mm-hmm. the upgrades. Right. And for me, they're a little on the nose, and I don't like the logo. They're just a little too right. perfect. Right. If it gets too close to where it's like, okay, you're basically replicating that and putting your logo on it. Like, like, look at this. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a little weird. I'd just rather buy a watch Just save and get the, get save and get right. the real thing. No, I totally agree. Um, maybe it's not an Explorer too. Maybe I think it might be an Explorer or a GMT. Isn't Tudor owned by Rolex? Yes, they are. Yes, they are owned by, uh, by Rolex, which so is why I when want I, a Tudor. When I, so said, I don't want I don't want one because it's owned by Rolex. I want a Tudor because I love. So when I said that this bag. was a, a an Explorer two homage, look at this. Like you can clearly see, mm. this is a very small view, but you can clearly see the similarities. Right, steel bezel, the orange yeah, GMT yeah. hand. You know, it, it's got its. But it looks like its own watch at the same time. Um, so I think that is, right. that's the point where there's that line that is a little bit defined. And I'm okay with something that pays homage to something old, but isn't a pretty much on the nose replica. Yeah. There's yeah. that line, right? Where it's like, there are no completely original ideas from like, Fuck! Almost all divers, it, to some extent, are paying yeah, homage to a submariner. Really I mean, they're they're, close. <laughs> they're they're all pretty. To say there's not some similar design cues there would be being very disingenuous. Um, but as long yep. as they're their own thing. All right. Well, I think I think it's a pretty good mm. place to wrap up. Also, I am completely drenched. I'm so hot right now. Yeah, you're probably hot. You're ready to get out of there. Plus, we're at two forty one, which is a little long. We try to stop at two thirty, but. I feel like we even got to the comments a little early today and we still went long. So I don't know what the uh, fuck we're doing. We're just, we're just long winded <laughs> and I think we need to own it. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. I have to own that shit. I can't hide from that one. If, if, if there's anybody that cannot hide from being long winded, it's this I'm, guy. I'm pretty long winded myself, but uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks, man. I always appreciate you guys stopping yeah, in. Comments. We'll be back next Wednesday, in, same hi. time, same place. And uh, there's same something I want to start doing. Because especially when we start bringing guests on, I want to have a little section for them. Uh, what do you got going on? What, what did you upload this week? What are you working on? What should people know about Jeremy Sires this week? This, well, this past week, I uploaded the coffee thing, which a lot of people commented on. We did a coffee blind taste test to see if there's really a difference between pour over and drip, which... <laughs> interesting video, by the way. We fuck, we, we, we It was very difficult. A lot of people brought up the fact that I won't get into Go it. Go watch it. It's a good it's a good watch. The, the drip the, the drip pot we use though, man, is it's I, I might redo it at some point like with like Mr. a standard Coffee. drip pot because 
Right. Because I mean, dude, that drip pot is next level yeah. for, as far as drip goes. Um, you get the Breville, uh, I get the Bonavita. I did that. They're both so good. I, um, I'm working on the Pravada Cigar Club bundle that I put together with Brian. I'm working on that video. That will probably be the next video that drops. It should come out this week. And I just dropped, I don't know if they're out yet. It'll be this week, the new shirts. A lot of people asked me in the last video, I had that shirt that says, I like whiskey cigars and like three people. Um, that should be on the website this Ooh. week. So that's what's going on. And this I week. earlier this week uploaded uh, at long last after two years of people begging me, I uploaded a bag dump finally, which has mm. done really well. People seem to really like that. I have not seen that one yet. I need to yeah, go so watch People that. seem to like that a lot. Uh, I have a video <laughs> that I, I explained earlier. It took me about a month to finish um, about my old camping trailer, the RV that I bought to renovate and it's uh just watch that video for an update on that and then this week finally i'm also going to do a state of the collection for my watches because i've been a lot of people have been ah. asking about that because i've got dude a lot of people have been asking me that too and i have like four See, I've, watches. Got a, I've got a few so more like, than that so you're right so people keep saying jeremy can we get a, a watch collection vid and i'm like not yet There's, because i i I don't have enough. There's also an interesting a, video, there's also right? a little funny story many. to mine because I first shot a watch collection video when the pandemic hit. And by the time I got mm. around to editing it, so what happened is we were doing lockdowns and nobody was really sure what was going to happen. So I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come into my office. So I shot like nine videos and it took me a month or so to edit through all of them. And by the time I got to the watch collection, uh, it had completely changed like almost entirely. So, right. Uh, I scrapped that video and now I'm, I'm going to make a watch collection. This is my third attempt. After I get up to five good watches, I'll, I'll do one. But for right now, I, I, I have four, one of which is just an antique that was given to me. It was, uh, my father-in-law's watch that was given to me after he passed away. Um, so it's, it's not. It's more a sentimental watch than it is like anything else. I have else. five right here um, that I'm very proud of. Right. I'm waiting until I got five good ones that I'm excited to talk about. And like, so you here's, know, a, here's a little sneak stuff. peek Got a, a marathon T-SAR, the Masco DC 58, Laurier, Neptune, the old Oris and that Christopher Ward. So I've, I've got more than that, obviously. I want to give it all away, but yeah, I think it's finally time to, to settle in and do that watch collection video. You got to, man. People like the watch collection videos. I, I'm, I'm working. I need to do another office tour video. That's going to be something. Hopefully I get out for the end of the well, year. Thanks. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me for almost three hours, Jeremy. Thanks for hanging out with me and putting up with me, Taylor and my, it's, my rambling. Uh, it's not, it's a chore every week. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do anything else on my Wednesday nights. <laughs> that's it, man. We have a good time. I, I enjoy these things. Hopefully, you guys enjoy them. We yeah, have fun so I them. think that's it for now. We'll see you get next week around the same time. And uh, right. unfortunately, right. I still don't have a way to end In these. The w- so that's that's just going to be it. In the words of the great Matthew McConaughey, "All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right." Patina, patina, patina. Three more for you fuckers. Drink up. (laughs) See you guys. I came from the mud. 
Catch me howling at the moon. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 